was a lion in the tall grass. Wish I had a pilot and a podcast. Wish I had a strong donkey that can haul ass and travel with portable speakers playing bars scats. I wish I had a million dollars. I wish I had a million albums. I wish I had a million problems. That way I couldn't pinpoint all one million outcomes. I wish I found a genie lamp. I wish them girls gave me them sugar like Beanie Man. Yeah. I wish I was a comedian. Late night sitcom syndicated on TV land. I wish this well had water in it. These kids are stealing all my pennies. Focused on my wealth. You can help me wish, but I would rather wish for help. It's like, it's like, I wish, I wish. That every time we love, it feels just like this. I wish, I wish. That every time we do it, it feels just like this. I wish, I wish. That every time we love, it feels just like this. It feels just like this. It feels Wish I had a time machine. Wish I had a better rhyming speed. Wish that I could speak to giants after climbing up a green stalk that grew from my lime bean. I wish that I could spread my wings. I wish that I had seven limbs. Yeah, that way I'd hold on to everything and laugh when I hear people wishing for the better things. And welcome to Spanish. Dímelo, dímelo. At least I kind of understand. Wish that I could throw the deuce like Gambit and get so large I could play pool with the planets. I am your host, Brianna Joy Gray. And we are going into what feels like the first hour for newcomers to this call, but is in in effect hour three of a conversation about the pretty um, terrible events in the world of censorship that happened over at the Hill over the course of the past week. And also, of course, as always, today's episode of Bad Faith. It's a free episode and an excellent one, if I may say so myself. We invited Aaron Mate. This is like a, a useful idiot's theme kind of day, huh? After talking with Katie. Uh, on today's show, we had Aaron Mate, obviously a journalist at the Gray Zone, co-host of Useful Idiots podcast. I can't believe it's taken so long to get him on the podcast. I don't know what I've been thinking. But he gave what I think was one of the clearest, most cogent explanations of what's been going on in Ukraine, the West's role, what the kind of levers are at work here, and importantly, the the most, I think, rational theory, of course we don't know anything yet, but laid out the evidence for the argument the United States is behind the Nord Stream 2 pipeline uh, sabotage. It was ruled to be sabotage um, by a Swedish investigator Excuse me, just today. So let's get into it. We can talk about that. We can continue talking, obviously, about the Hill stuff. The floor is yours. I'm going to try to recreate and call on the people who I saw in the line before, uh, jumping around a little bit. Um, But I definitely know that I saw Farkdal. So let's talk to Farkdal. What's on your mind? Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. What are you thinking about this evening? Uh, I guess I just want to say um, I'm just grateful for what y'all do. I think Katie should still do the show that she's talking about with an alternative version of The View. Just y'all own it. That's what my wife says. Mm. <laughs> y'all should do. Um, I think that this experience, I'm grateful for your voice and I feel for you in this situation. It, you're a person that loves to talk about class and I love what you did with Charlie Kirk. He was a jerk from the very beginning. Um, talking about yeah, something. Oh, I was, it's up I was to a little you surprised by that. Yeah. You were right for being triggered. You did nothing wrong. Um, I mean, the only thing I would have been like. <laughs> Go ahead. 
the only thing I would have been like, oh, it's on me to to because I thought about it. What's the best response? And, you know, folks in our community that are old school, they would uh, probably just walk away from the conversation. They ain't got time for the nonsense. Mm-hmm. But I would be like, um, I am not a slave, nor well. And therefore, I will not play your master for your morality. That would have been my response <laughs> because that's what he's doing. Yeah. Well, it was interesting, his framing, because it's like he's like um, he framed it as though I have been walking around obsessed with the idea that um, uh, there's systemic racism, which obviously there's obviously systemic racism. But he framed it as though it's been like a hobby horse of mine. And he's like, "Okay, here's my argument against it. Prove me wrong. And then a lot of his argument was, you're so obsessed with this. Like, why do you always bring this up? I'm like, sir, I literally never bring it up. And in in fact, most of the left is very bad at me because they think that I ignore race. (laughs) But you know what? You you have not done your research, my friend. (laughs) No, he hasn't. And then what makes me even more upset is that he's like, Mr. calls himself evangelical Christian. Okay, well, I actually read the thing. (laughs) I should read the book. And if you actually do believe that people need to work. And I believe people need to work because that's kind of, work was never supposed to be a punishment per se. It was a pleasure. And then with the fall it became something to appreciate the work. Okay. Did you cut out Farkle? 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 I feel like you cut out because I was hearing background noise and now I don't, uh, don't hear any. Hello? Hello. But the systems that people oh. make and that run can be evil. Like that's just ri- ridiculous on its face. You cut out there for a little bit, uh, Fartle. Uh, you said oh. something. You were talking about um, how you think that um, you know the Bible if, says if, that people if, should work, but it wasn't supposed well, to be a punishment. Yeah. It, at first, it wasn't, and then it was like, well, since you didn't appreciate the earth, now you frustrated it. But you still work in order to live. The way we mm-hmm. do work in this country and around the world is people are supposed to live in order to work which is slavery. Mm-hmm. But if you, mm-hmm. but he thinks that, oh, human nature is so wicked, then how can you say that these systems that human beings make and run are not filtrated, infiltrated with that spirit? Like that's just ridiculous mm-hmm. on its face. The fallacy. But my, but my thing is, is that you have exemplified. And I think now, even with Katie, that because we deal with class issues, we cannot reduce these things and on a good faith level, race, anti-Semitism to modules of just class, because Batia wouldn't say that at all. You can't say that, well, anti-Semitism was only about money. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Or anti-Blackness with the Buffalo shooter was only about money. And then the auntie making an excuse saying it was COVID and his lizard brain was about money. Like, you can't say that. That's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I think that what you have shown when the left exits these arguments on war and being anti-war and you get crazy um fascistic right-wingers speaking about it how dangerous that is it's the same when the genuine left leads it to the neoliberals to be talking about race which isn't always a module on class and then therefore the left loses so much ground so if you leave it to the people that argue against, against bernie and bad faith who are the black bourgeois and we all know who they are then you're going to get what we get and people not hear the left or any of these issues. So I, I truly believe in staying sharp more than staying woke, as the old folks say, because just being awake, that's insomnia. And lastly, um, is there a chance that you could get a show done with Dr. West and uh, Reverend William Barber 
on Dr. King's legacy talking about nuclear war? Because I think that's the discussion that needs to be had, especially with love, I would love to have Dr. Barber. I have been asking uh, to to have Dr. Barber on the show for a long time now. And there was a moment where it was supposed to be getting scheduled and then there was some backtracking. So I don't know if somebody told him about me or something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not entirely sure what happened there. I hope it's not like purposeful and it was just a scheduling issue because, you know, obviously I you know, I admire his work and I am not trying to ever come for anybody. I do have some questions um, oh, yeah. about With what you the leverage of his organization and all of that mm-hmm. and whether or not it's being used effectively mm-hmm. and, you know, his unwillingness to kind of weigh in in political moments, et cetera. However, you know, only in the most uh, compassionate and, and solidaristic way am I trying to push us to the better, the best solutions here. So, I, I would love that. I think that's a great idea. I just I'm, I'm trying to be honest about my uh, skepticism that, that will happen anytime soon, but I can definitely send out another email and give it another try. If you can do it with Dr. West, or just like our call in with Dr. West on that topic, topic specifically about um, nuclear war, I'd be first one to sign up to, to have that call in. Um, it needs to be discussed with how close we are, um, especially there's a there's a role the church has in this that mm. is sad that mm. it's it's abysmal and what they have done and not done but um but yeah i think that would be a great episode uh with what's going on and i think that that's pretty much it just keep doing what you're doing sorry i've been gone for a while i'm dealing with a lot of sickness in the family but um things are coming oh, together sorry. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying. Sorry, you're, 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 you you called it before. You're the one who has a, the wife with natural hair, right? Yes, yes, and she's graduating <laughs> in this. Oh, tell her congratulations, and I, I, I hope she figured out a better way to pin that. I know the girls have now figured out ways to pin those mortar boards to their their natural hair in a way that we hadn't figured out back in 2011. <laughs> right, exactly. Plus, I was pretty ball headed in 2011. <laughs> I had just big chopped. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, and, um, the, and with Katie. With Katie, uh, I would say the very thing that happened to Katie, because she was genuinely coming for both a cultural issue as a person of color and the fact that she did it so respectfully like you do, that's why mm-hmm. she that's why she got let go. That, mm-hmm. is, that is the very reason she got let go. You're mm-hmm. right. They'll shoot the movie. And that's what we're dealing with. So, yeah. But keep yeah. it safe. Like you say, stay sharp. I completely, I completely agree. Thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate you. Yeah. Well, let's go to Take Adrian. Care. Thank you. Take care. I see Adrian's been in the chat for a while, and he definitely was in the last queue. So let's hear from you, Adrian. I won't scream your name this time. Wait, am I really here? Can you hear me? You're here. Okay, now I'm going to do it. Adrian! Adrian! (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't seen that movie, and I don't feel bad about it because I've never seen a lot of movies. Yes, I'm that friend where people are like, I was working with somebody, and they said something about Mr. Miyagi, and I just smiled and nodded my head. And then hours later, it came out that I had never seen Karate Kid. And they were like, you haven't seen Karate Kid? I was like, no. But I didn't, I want, to, I didn't want you yeah. to miss out on that moment. So I shook my head and smiled like, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very well, kind person. It just sounds like it. And if it makes you feel better, I don't think I've seen Karate Kid all the way through. Either any of the iterations. Yeah. But what, but, what apart but, from but, classic uh, kid films is on your mind tonight? So, honestly, like, I was not expecting to get called this early. And I, <laughs> typically when I listen, 
<laughs> I take notes and then I want to get back to some things. <laughs> but Adrian, but you were in the you... call. You were in the chat from the earlier stream. Well, here's the thing. I am. This is all personal. We're going to get some more important substantive concerns with the world. But I'm actually just sitting in this parking lot waiting, like going on hour two because my car would not start. Mm. And the people said they would be here in 45 minutes. They're not. But I'm still on good vibes. Mm. I'm just listening to you and just taking this in and and yeah, but it is what it is. So okay, let's see. There's a couple things. I'm just gonna say this. Okay. Um, I've been wanting to say this for a while. We're not gonna spend too much time here. This is be me being super messy. So that's just the the intro. That um that interview you did with Karen Hunter was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> will not die and I'm glad because I think I mean as much as I lost my cool with um Charlie Kirk I have never had more poise for a longer period of time in my entire life than talking to Karen Hunter that day <laughs> when I tell you I said if Brie can do it so can I okay? <laughs> if I am in these situations with people who I'm just like I tell you though it's been a great um teaching tool for people because they didn't really get what I was talking about when I was saying like when I would talk to people about propaganda and basically one-sided uh, commentary really trying to dominate a conversation. But I, when I can, like I have friends who are, they're just like, they do not care. They're like, I don't want to hear this stuff. But every now and then I will do a favor for them. And instead of asking for like, you know, whatever back, I'll just be like, can you just watch this interview with me? First 15, 20 minutes, just give me that. <laughs> and I tell you, they're like, oh, this woman is really, like, what is she, what is this? Is this an interview or is this woman really trying to sell a point? So that's just kind of something I've always, like, if I ever see you in public, I just want to sit down and just like, let's just talk about that. That was a hot mess. Did you know that, <laughs> let me ask you this, did you know that what you were walking into when you were going to go do it? Okay, so remember the context was that Jason Johnson of MSNBC in The Root mm -hmm. at the time had said that on her show that me, uh, Nina Turner, and whomever else happened to be black female and supporting Bernie Sanders should go to the island of misfit black girls because we weren't really black. In fact, he coined you ain't black before uh, Joe Biden did, so God bless him for that. Give him his royalties. <sighs> So she she was kind of publicly pressured to have me on because she felt, I think, a little responsible for how it went down with Jason Johnson on her show. Mm. However, despite feeling that pressure, she agreed with Jason Johnson. I mean, like you can, when you watch the clip, like she's like kind of giggling and she's like, oh, no, you didn't kind of like pushing back against it. But that's not real pushback. It's like, oh, I know you've said something scandalous, so I'm not supposed to co-sign it. But like, wink, wink. I mean, maybe this is not fair for me to be saying this about her. Maybe that's not fair. Mm. But it seemed to me like she was like, if the, it had been behind closed doors, her reaction would have been like basically to like kiki and agree with him. So mm. I knew, yes, that I was going into an environment where everyone basically felt like Jason Johnson did. But I thought, well, at very least, she has the decency to want to give me equal airtime. So maybe this will go better than I think. And that mm -hmm. was wishful thinking. <laughs> so, so yeah, like I, I knew it was going to be tough. Also, I was there representing Bernie. I knew what the deal was. Bernie was like killing it at that time. Remember it was February. Mm -hmm. um, yes. We had yes. just, 
won on, wait, 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 like wait, wait, Nevada wait. or we were about to win Nevada. I don't remember exactly. But the, we were, yes. we were like number two in the polls, neck and neck with Biden. We had just had a poll come out that said we were number one with black voters, which she lost her shit over. Um, like we were, we were like in a good spot. And I knew like, it was like the time when everyone was trying to comfort Bernie and like Russiagate him. Remember there was that weird like Russia story right after he won Nevada. Like, and I was like, I was, I was like prepared for some malarkey, but the stamina of it, like I didn't, wasn't necessarily expecting her, um, her co-host or kind of like her Robin as it were, you know, like, um, yeah, that was Howard Stern's Robin. Like he, he was almost the bigger problem. Cause I don't mean to be disrespectful, but Karen Smart is like, she, I'm disagreeing with her, but she's like intelligent. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to, I don't mean to cast aspersions on the other guy, but he, she was making like logically cohesive, if wrong points. Like she, I, I understood her worldview and it was easy to like get in there. The other guy seemed to be kind of fueled like purely by distaste for me and was not very uh-huh. well informed. And part, it was, he's like, he's, he was like, but do you see Brianna? Like there was a substantive conversation about a specific topic. And it was yeah. time to like move on to something. And then it would yeah. just be like, but do you see Brianna? And, uh, we've yeah. It, We're moving it, on. it was about, it was about, cause I had said, it was about me saying on one of these MSNBC mm-hmm. shows that like they were, they were accusing Bernie of lying, like not disclosing information about his heart attack. Oh, you're taking me back. Oh, what a terrible time in life. <laughs> they were all up on Bernie's, um, up, up his took us about not releasing enough information with the heart. Attack. He released everything that everyone else, else had released, but they were just creating this media fiction that there was somehow more. And like you asked, well, what more? Like they just, they were, and it was like the birth certificate stuff. Like no matter what Obama did, they were going to, they were going to keep cre- this fiction. Like we didn't know where he was born. And I said that on one of these shows, like this is, this is like the same, this is the same. Now, 2022 Brianna would know better not to say that, but naively 2020 Brianna, uh, I am sitting here an entire African-American. There's no way that anybody could consider this to comment to be any like diminishing of the racism that Obama faced in any way. That was incorrect. So there was a whole media cycle around how Brianna compares Bernie Sanders to Barack Obama and is a, it's racist and she's diminishing what a black man went through. And I was like, I not only am black, I lived in Kenya during my entire childhood. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It is insane for mm-hmm. you to pretend to know anything about this more than me. Um, and that's what I ended up having to say to that man. Cause he was like, but don't you understand how that diminishes what Barack Obama did? And he was like really trying to make, and so I just acquiesced. I was like, I of course understand not only as a black person, but as someone who's intimately familiar <laughs> with beautiful people of Kenya, how important it is voice, not y'all. to collapse the experiences of these two men and I sincerely appreciate it why it caused offense and I am sorry I am so sorry because when you're dealing with someone like that there's all that's all you can do like you can't fight that and, and it was a mistake it was a rhetorical mistake not a obviously I'm a racist mistake but like I'm I was happy to apologize for it but like he didn't really know what to do it was almost he was almost mad at me for apologizing and that's why he kept doubling down on it and saying well, well do you get it though do you get it go because I didn't I, he thought he was going to have to fight with me, and I didn't give him the fight. You know, isn't it always something when people think that they're about to engage in a rhetorical, like, in a debate with you, and you actually are just like, no, I agree. And then yeah. it's almost like they don't really know what to do with themselves afterwards. They're, 
they're like in their head they're shredding all of the counterpoints that they thought that they were going to be able to use mm-hmm. and it's just like literally just on fire so yeah i thought i've always just kind of been like that that i wanted to bring that up but again i think that's been like a helpful tool you know sad that you had to suffer through that but um it's been a helpful tool again because people get to see in real time what i'm talking about is not crazy with respect to the politics piece and i think also at the end when that caller called in i was like we already are going for broke but this is icing on the cake they're like but bernie voters won't vote for whoever (laughs) etc and then she's like the karen is just she calls that that one guy calls in and they're like so what are you doing? And he's like, yeah, I'm a Bernie person. They're like, oh, they're just yeah, there was, some, like, there was a black Bernie person too, I think, like from South Carolina and their heads just like turned around like exorcists because I couldn't comprehend that, that that person could even exist. So, look, so, then, so then he's like, they're like, well, are you going to vote for, are you going to vote for Joe Biden? And he's like, of course I'm going to vote for him. It's mm-hmm. the best option that we have. I mean, like if you, if you were the, the candidate, I would vote for any Democrat because they're better than the Trump one. And we can have a, Full conversation about, you know, what what leverage we have when we say those things, but putting that aside. So mm-hmm. they're, they're like, okay, whatever, they're just pissed. Then the woman comes after, she's like, I hate Bernie Sanders. Right. Racist white. And then she's like, but are you going to vote for him if he wins? She was like, never. No! <laughs> yes! <laughs> about that aspect of it but you were so right it was so delicious it was just like i could see that little smirk on you when i tell you that's right because i didn't say a damn thing i just smiled this was literally what you said that you were like okay <laughs> with the little smirk on your face that same smirk you be giving us when you get robbie together on rising but that, again that's another story um so okay so that's that i'm gonna run through a couple quick things um, so one, I also think this is like, I hope this happens one day, but Charlemagne needs to get you on the breakfast club. Mm. I feel like he would be, you know, he's an interesting character for sure, but I think that he would appreciate what you have to offer because you can see it in a lot of his commentary over the past couple of years. He's just like, okay, we've done this Democrat thing. Mm-hmm. So what's now? And those moments where he was like openly challenging Kamala Harris on her show, mm-hmm. um, where he was openly challenging um, Secretary of Education, and then just still like the th- the commentary that he's provided. I think I'm just hoping one day I'll just log on and you're on there. But I think that that would be a great boon to you as far as like it's unfortunate that people really do believe that leftism elements of socialism, socialism itself, et cetera, are just completely rejected. Like, they will have you thinking that Black people are not interested in it. And I, like, Mm -hmm. I'm always just, I want to pull out this, you know how in Looney Tunes, whenever, like, somebody's about to fall, uh, the Wile E. Coyote, he's about to fall, and he pulls out nowhere this random sign that's like, yikes. I just really want a sign in my back pocket that's like, I am Black. And have been black. <laughs> and I support this man. I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be him, but it just so happens to be him. <laughs> okay, so that's that. Hopefully that happens. And then I guess the final thing, um, well, actually two things. One quick thing too. Liz, Liz Wolf, goodness gracious. This is the woman who is like um that debate you had with her. We talked about this a while ago, but just as a reminder, she's like, 
I like to order my surgeries like I like to order my chicken at brunch a la carte. It's my girl. <laughs> Not the healthcare like, debate. The healthcare debate. So what's your, what, Brie, this is Brie. <laughs> what's your plan for people who don't have money? I'm glad you asked. I think that we should be able to order things a la carte. Okay, no. What's your plan for when people don't have money to afford them? Well, I think if we just make the prices available so that we can order them a la carte, girl, are you, like, are you not getting it? She, she didn't. The, 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 there's like a worldview that completely collapses if you consider that there are people who don't have money. Like, it's that simple. Like, the ma'am, affordability means you have to have money. Like, Oh, there's like a threshold, like in their heads, I think that they don't, they can't contemplate a person who doesn't have access to, you know, a few thousand dollars at least, you know, they really can't contemplate someone who can't take out a credit card or ask their parents for money or like, they're just really not in that world. Like when we say on the left, 40% of Americans can't afford a $400 emergency. I don't know what's going through their minds, but like really think, Rick, really think, have you Mm -hmm. ever had to move because you couldn't have come up with $400? Not eat because you couldn't come up with $400. Not register for school because you couldn't come up with $400 for the semester. Not go to work because your car broke and it required $400. Like, truly been up against the wall of really, really, really needing to do something and not being able to for an amount as small as $400. To be in pain and not be able to assuage it because of $400. To not be able to collect a paycheck because you couldn't even get the $400 that were necessary to get to work. No. They don't, it's yeah. just not in the worldview. It's not. And it's interesting because I experienced this, but on like a, a scale that was not really within the sphere of policy and like of people's lives are affected. But like, it's just odd. And I think about like, okay, how do we change the minds of people without having to have them go through the same experiences? Because again, this is like completely minuscule, but I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and there are quick trips everywhere. And at a quick trip, you can get air for free in your tire. So I woke up one morning and my tire was completely flat. So I just was like, dang, I got to go get some air. So I go to this quick trip right down the street but and get some air in it. And then I'm starting to realize as I'm going to work that the tire needs more air again. So it's basically just slashed. So I pull over into this gas station and I'm like, okay, quick trip has air. All gas stations have air. I pull into one gas station, they don't have air for your tire. I pull into another gas station and they're trying to charge me for the air when Quicktrip pays for it for free. And I was talking to my mom, I said, it never occurred to me that that was only a quick trip thing. And it's just mm. like, mm. wow. Mm. Yeah. Applying yeah. that to a political world or to people's personal political um, lives, I'm like, is this what people are experiencing? Like, oh, because I go to Quick Trip, everybody has air. Because yeah. I have health care, everybody yeah. has health care. Yeah. And how do you disrupt that thinking for folks who, who don't get it? So that was um, something. So, okay. Then the final thing, <laughs> quick quick one, Kate. Look, I'm, that's what my friends also say. They're like, how many final things can there be? <laughs> enough. There'll be enough final things. But Katie says that you can go ahead and end the stream now if you haven't seen that. Oh, no, um, I ended it. Thank okay, you, cool, though. Cool, cool. And people so, are saying they see her in the chat, but I don't see her in the chat. Katie, come through. We miss you already. Um, oh my gosh, so- Sean is back. Our Yeti friend is back. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, I'm sorry, Adrian. Go ahead. Come okay, on. Yes, yes, yes. The let's queue, do, the queue is queuing. There's 36 callers. I've never even seen it like this, Adrian. So there are people who let's are going to want to scream your name for other reasons. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I know, right? But look, and I'm also ready to hear. I hope you got the um, the music ready. If you just have it, then that's cool. If you don't, I get it. But okay, this is the final point. When you're on that show, Rising, and then you're in these um, spaces where there is ideological differences, one of the things that I have been thinking a lot about is how it seems to be that for conversation uh, purposes, um, and even some actual agreement, I noticed that leftists or people on to the left of the spectrum are typically the ones to just say, Yes, I actually agree, especially mm-hmm. like even if there's true, genuine, substantive agreement. Mm-hmm. However, when it comes to the right side, um, it seems to be that like that ideology brain just takes over. And even where places where they could agree, they mm-hmm. just still choose not to. And I just I guess wanted to, I don't know, maybe draw your attention to it and ask, do you think about that? Like, am I conceding or agreeing on points? Even when I do agree with them, but still not getting that in return. Um, when we yeah, so, so two things. One, I think there's a difference between like the person I'm talking to and the audience. And I think that sometimes mm-hmm. even if there's some asymmetry into who's making concessions, I trust. And you see this a little bit with the comments under the Hill video today and all of the videos today. That even if like I'm, I'm sometimes I think I'm earning points for seeming more reasonable than the other person, and the other person being mm-hmm. intractable is not actually helping them in the long run. And I might not have conv- convinced them, but there's someone in the audience who is going to actually agree with me, even if the other person hasn't conceded anything at all. And another thing I think is even in like the Charlie Kirk interview, there was actually a lot of agreement toward the end of the episode. And frankly, me saying a few obvious things were very disarming to him in a way that I found to be useful. Like, for instance, we've been going, having this argument about, because of the Bill Maher segment, about, like, slavery and people are mad about the um, Queens, African Queens. What's that movie called with Vila Davis? Queens of... Oh, Woman King. Woman King. Sorry. (laughs) Woman King, um, because the tribe, like, were slavers. Like, it's amazing to me how disarmed people get when I say, like, yeah, of course there's lots of people who slaved a lot of people all over the world. What's your point? Is slavery not bad? Do you think that the argument against slavery was that it's bad because white people do it? <laughs> like, do you think that we're out here being like, no, no, no. The real problem with American slavery is that black people weren't in on the game. No, like slavery is bad. Like, I think that it's people bring up other kinds of slavery in other parts of the world to diminish what goes on in America. But instead of fighting, I, I realized I had this moment of clarity that's like, instead of me trying to explain why, why U.S. chattel slavery is so much worse than these other kind of slavery, which I believe and I think is true, and people play very different roles in the slave trade, and they're not all equal, um, I, I don't even have to get into it. I don't, like, I don't need to come to the defense of some random African tribe from 500 years ago. They, they can fight their own battles. All I need you to do is concede that apparently you agree with me that slavery is very bad. Great. <laughs> so let's talk about the United States of America, where we are all from, and where we had slavery, and you have not been wanting to talk about that inconvenient truth. You know what I mean? And the yeah. one other thing I, I was going to say about the concessions, uh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's, that's cool. It. That's but it. thank you for calling in, Adrian. It's a treat. Thank you. Wish I'll play you, you well. Out. Keep doing what you do. Yes, yes. Play me out. <laughs> Why is this so quiet? I'm like, let me kill this uh, space. Okay, give it up for free. Bye, Adrian. All right, let's um. I saw Omar for sure in the other chat, so let's go to Omar. 
Haven't called on you in a while uh, with your Giannis Varoufakis face, which is always a draw to me. I'm not going to lie. Love me some Giannis. What's <laughs> on your mind? <laughs> hey, Bree. Um, I, I have a master plan worked out for you for the Hill. Tell me about it. All right. So you stay on and then start pushing buttons on a bunch of different issues uh, and uh, inviting guests with really leftist views and then to kind of finish it off and and maybe to get yourself fired well along the way also you you try to keep on reminding people that you have uh, other shows that you do so trying to get people to follow you and and support you on patreon and also work out uh, an exit strategy and then at the very end you invite Ilan Pape, who's an Israeli historian. He's one of the new historians. He will completely validate uh, Katie's uh, positions. He's, he's an excellent uh, speaker, really great human being. Uh, and then that, that could probably get you fired from there. And so then <laughs> you'll make him look super bad once again. Uh, and and that'll be a big fuck you to them, um, but yeah. I, well, I, look, I, I think we'll see very soon. I'm I'm not kidding when I say I do think there's been a market shift. This is like the beginning of a real shift that's happened not just since new ownership, but since like the last couple of months. And I suspect that going forward, if I suggest a guest like that, there will be no's more no's than I've ever seen before, and I'll get my answer about whether or not to stay or go very quickly. That that's my that is my guess. With a kind of guest like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I we'll mean, see. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to suggest the um, uh, a guest uh, for, for you for um, Bad Faith. Now that um, Indigenous Peoples Day is coming up. I don't know if you've heard of her, this historian, uh, Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz. She's in the, the Bay Area. And she'd be great to talk to. She's probably getting a lot of requests right now, but um, oh, I could send think, you. You don't think that we can clinch her? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I, I think that you are powerful enough to do it. <laughs> I'm trying to follow her on, follow, find her on. Oh, there she is on Twitter. Um, she doesn't follow me, so this could be tough. I'm just going to start following her and see what I can do. I'm going to see right. what I can do, Omar. <laughs> Okay. All right, thank you for calling in. I appreciate thank you. you. All right. All right. We got to go to our um our Yeti friend, Sean. Sean, your avatar blew my mind at the end of the last call and you got to explain to us what this is. What is this? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Sean? <laughs> it is a snowy bison. Is that a real thing? Yeah, well, I'm from Buffalo, and, you know, we, for some reason, we go with the bison instead of the buffalo. We're very confused. So it's not, it's just a bison that, like, is covered with snow, but it's not like a white bison like a polar bear. No. Okay, because I really thought that there had just been a kind of bison that dropped that I wasn't familiar with. <laughs> and I was new, I was prepared to stand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like did the did the like the colonizers kill them all before I got a chance to like put my eyes on one? Like what happens? 
Okay. I like the Snowy Yeti act, though, from, from Edmonton <laughs> or, you know, Saskatchewan or whatever. Right. Province. <laughs> the word I was looking for was province. Me, not me sounding like a, a five-year-old in the end of the last column. Okay, a state, but in Canada. But like a state, <laughs> but like in Canada. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man, I was uh, I was laughing so hard. All the kids were sleeping. Like it's gonna. <laughs> I was worried I was gonna wake them up. Uh, you were gonna call on me, and I'm over here like howling. <laughs> well, what was on your mind, or what is on your mind now that I finally got you? <laughs> well, thanks for uh, thanks for picking me up. I I listen to you all the time. Um, I I watch all your stuff, and I think you are brilliant and amazing. Uh, and just keep on doing what you're doing and don't let the bastards get you down. Thank you. I really do appreciate that, Sean. Yeah, no problem. I just keep doing you. Um, and what are, what are we going to do about this fascism thing? What are we going to do about it? I ask myself that every day. Look, I know I'm like almost reluctant to say it. Maybe I won't say a person's name. I'll just say the principle at stake. I really do think that there is something to be said about the whole healing the soul of the nation shtick. Like, I don't think that Biden means it or like can do it really. uh, Because I think it actually requires making some material commitments to people and not just saying abstractly how much you care about everybody. Exactly. but I do think that that is what's needed, and I think that it is a winning formula. I I think that in a remarkably short period of time, a country that seems remarkably divided could seem extremely cohesive and be working very hard together to make beautiful things happen. But someone needs to do it and stick the landing. And I do also think that someone who starts to make pro- progress in that regard is going to get um, got. So yeah. it's tough. It's tough. You These figures emerge, and then they, like Marianne talks about this all the time, how all of that energy in the 60s, in her view, was it, it was deaded in part because so many people were assassinated. Uh, right. And it really sucked the energy. Out. I mean, like, people were scared. It, they were scared. And so, like, I don't know who carry that mantle. I know that so many listeners to this show in bad faith just really are inspired by Shama Sawant, as am I. I don't know if it's her. I don't know if Biden will find Jesus and actually try to heal the civil nation. I don't know if Mary Williamson, I know a lot of people have their critiques and I completely get it and think that her spirituality is woo-woo, but I think that regardless of if she's in a presidential capacity or just living her life, we need a little bit more of that like feelings first orientation, like spirituality first orientation in politics. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's how it's going to get done. But I, I sit there on the hill. I, I look online. I, I watch the Tucker segments. I see Greg Gutfeld's show being so popular. I watch the Bill Maher clips that are so popular. And sometimes it is downright overwhelming. I got to say. Yeah. It's disheartening. Um, I've, I've been studying fascism for about seven or eight years. Uh, it's been a stressful thing to take on, uh, you know, the, just the realization, um, you know, the parallels that exist between um, former iterations and, and where we're headed now. Uh, you know, and I, I find myself to be a, a better writer than, than I am a, a talker or a showman. So like I try to write stuff and put stuff out on you know my own blog or social media, but I, you know, I have a, a limited platform. 
and can only do so much but like mm. you know i i just try to just blast it out there like this is stuff that's happening every day every day we're getting closer and closer and you know these people they're seemingly benign and they want you to believe they're benign but you know they're working toward unraveling society because chaos presents opportunity and in that opportunity they can seize power and if good people don't seize power bad people will yeah yeah Yes. Sean, where do you write? Can you tell us where to find your work? Um, I have a blog called uh, Millennial Compatriot. Um, I don't know if you can Google it or whatever, but it's a WordPress blog. Okay, let me take this tab in which I've already Googled Snowy Bison. Uh, (laughs) Millennial (laughs) Compatriot. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay, you guys all hear that he, he has a post about Venezuela up here at the top. Uh, oh, Victoria's Secret and Jeffrey Epstein. Well, we should do an article, I mean, an episode about that. That was kind of a little bit of a break from, from yeah. politics into a little pop culture adjacent stuff would be fun. If Katie and I had a show, I would love to be able to tackle topics like that, that I think a lot of these hyper-masculine, um, not to stereotype you guys men, but hyper-masculine spaces didn't necessarily delve in with the same level of commitment as the... Right. Um, female mind. Katie, I invited you up. I don't know if you saw it. I'll do it again in a second. Um, anyway, yeah. guys, uh, check out Millennial Compatriot blog and thank you for calling in, Sean. Thank you, Brianna. Oh, I have a daughter named Bree, by the way. Oh, how do, is it just Bree or is it shortened Brianna also? It's Brianna. How does she spell it? Uh, B-R-I-A-N-N-A. Okay, the class, the classic. The classic yeah. Brianna. Okay, I always have to ask. Cause I, so far, it's just like me and Joy Fatone's daughter who have these H's in our names. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. I'm right back at you. Keep the have faith. Have a good night. Keep have a faith. good night. <laughs> All right. T. Jasmine, you didn't think I was coming to you, but I, I can't be predicted. No one knows. Am I jigging? Am I jagging? Am I ducking? Am I diving? Am I calling on you? Who knows? Can you unmute yourself and let us know what's on your mind? Oh, hello. Hello. Are you hearing me? Loud and clear. What's on your mind? Um, I think you should. I just. I, I've. I've been kicked off Twitter, so you know, mm. no reason at all. They kicked mm. me off. You know, I was in a. Um, I was in one of those threads that were pro-Ukraine and a whole bunch of Ukrainian people, and I was the only one who was against so somebody labeled me a bot and then kicked me off permanently off twitter so oh interesting well now you're this is a this is a free speech zone at least for now so what's on your mind tonight so on my mind um i think you should stay i think you should stay at um rising Mm, why because you have an opportunity to speak to people who have a different way of seeing things if you look at the comments it's a lot of um uh Trump well some of them are Trumpers and some of them are just you know um Republicans. So mm-hmm. if you can reach some people and you have that ability to reach some people who are, you know, some of the times you'll see them say, Oh, um normally I would listen to I wouldn't listen to Brianna or whatever, but I have to agree with her right here. So you know what? You give them a different perspective. Do not, I would, I would say, try not to lose that ability to give in, because you're there to influence people. That's the end, that's what you're there for the, at the end of the day. You ha, you're mm-hmm. there to influence 
people. And if you have the ability to influence people of a different mind, you don't want to be in an echo chamber, stay. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that... Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. No, I I was just going to say that I, 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 I'm not kidding when I, when I say throughout this whole experience, it's been you guys saying that. And also in the context of this experience, I've kept putting it to you and the response that I've gotten from people I've asked and crowdsourced and comment searched, it does seem to be like 70, 30 of you guys making your argument that I should stay. And sometimes I wish that I had permission to leave because <laughs> it's been a little bit, there have been good weeks and bad weeks. If you want to leave, if you still want to leave, I mean, it's up to you because you know, it's your own mental health, you know, you don't want to. I mean, there's going to come a day. There's going to come a day, but I, I do feel like the, I do very heavily feel the responsibility. And then I also, when I feel like I don't do a good job on the show in that role of pushing back or providing you know, the like the so you know, everybody saw the whole Venezuela thing that happened with Nick, Nick Cruz, but then like the next week, Robbie had his own Venezuela person come on to argue why Venezuela was socialism was bad, and I felt like in that conversation, like I am that this is again not my issue, and I wished Nick were there, and I didn't like that it was like your guy and then my guy because like I wasn't like Nick wasn't there to like talk about Venezuela it just became that because of the way the conversation went and I felt it was a little unfair and I thought I didn't do a good enough job so like there are these moments where I don't know I I it's it feels like a lot of pressure yeah go ahead Katie oh I was just gonna say one of the radar if you remember Brie we were at here's a little behind the scenes stuff guys we were (laughs) at and I was planning my radars because I had lined I had three hosting gigs like three three Mondays mm-hmm. and, and I was like so there are three things I want to do uh, my radars about immigration like the Ven- Venezuela you know people fleeing allegedly fleeing from communism that mm-hmm. that, that narrative um Ukraine and uh Israel stuff I remember I don't know if you remember this Brie and you were we were like talking about the order I should do them in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, and it just so, it's so, anyway, it's kind of ironic because I wanted to do a, a, a radar that was, and I was planning to, that was like pushing back on in a, in a different way from how Nick did it because mm-hmm. Nick was very fiery and it was very, you know, that, that can be effective too, but I wanted to do a much more like, um, kind of like the equivalent of what I did with the, um, Israel's an apartheid state. Just because I yeah. think they're different, we all have different roles to play, and there's it's good to have the fiery Nick, and it's also good to have the like deadpan Katie. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. Yeah. But, so it's really my fault. <laughs> no, it's my fault. That's, bullshit. That's bullshit. That whole thing about how because they were trying to do that with this thing. How it's oh, it's Robbie's fault for not being an expert in this, and uh, the truth is like you're not gonna the the only I don't really get how you can. Um, in fact, I'll just, I'll yield my time because that's not what you guys are talking about. Well, no, I mean, I think everyone's interested in what you have to say. Well, I was just going to say, it's like, the truth is, and I think maybe this is why uncomfortable my, the, the radar I did was that like, you can't really, I mean, the way that you can say that Israel is not an apartheid state it requ- the only thing I think that people and you can you can like Israel and you can believe in the two state solution, 
but I still think you have to admit it's apartheid. I mean, I think that that's, mm-hmm. you, that has to then, you can present that as a, as one of the urgent reasons that you need a two-state solution. Um, I just don't think that, and in fact, in Israel, within Israel, there are people who will admit to you it's apartheid. They just don't, that's so who cares? Like them's the break, mm-hmm. you know, they're the talking points that are used to defend it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that one of the things they were trying to say with our monologues, like, oh, it's the thing is like, Robbie's not an expert, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like, no, I mean, maybe he just probably like a rational p- person would be like, well, maybe I'm going to give this ex, I'm going to hand this one to like Amnesty International. Yeah. Like, like be their expertise. I, I, I'm to, to be, to be clear as background, like you guys don't know, or I don't know if we really got into it much yeah. on the, on the main YouTube stream. Like we truly were both told that part of the reason why they didn't want Katie's radar to run was because it didn't feel like it was fair because Robbie wasn't expert enough to push back against Katie and really offer a cogent counterpoint, which I think is insane for multiple reasons, including that one, the reason it's hard to argue back against Katie is because it's just good. And she's right. It's not because Robbie is ill-prepared and that's a little bit insulting to Robbie Two, because there are many instances like the one I just described where the hosts feel ill-prepared all the time. I literally never knew what Kim and Robbie were talking about with COVID, especially because back then that like really truly wasn't my issue. And I was not digging through Lancet journals like they were (laughs) and pulling up all these studies. And I felt this enormous uh, 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 obligation to like push back in some way or something. But I honestly didn't know about the, about the subject matter to really not do so without losing all of my credibility. So I felt like I was just sitting there and passively letting some stuff that was potentially wrong be said. And it was very stressful to me. And I felt like I would have to devote my whole life to learning enough, you know, to, to studying, to be able to code, like accurately participate in that conversation. So that happens all the time. Like not all the hosts know about stuff and I've never seen someone say, Oh, it wouldn't be fair to the other hosts for you to talk about this thing that they're not knowledgeable about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I'm sorry. We all kind of steamrolled you Jasmine. Go ahead. No, I, 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 I don't think that you should be experts on everything. You can't possibly be experts on everything. Um, so you shouldn't feel stressed about it. Um, personally, I think Kim was right on the COVID stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't have to be an expert on anything. I don't think you should be. You should have some amount of knowledge on it. But I don't think Robbie not being an expert on Israel should be a, an issue. And, and I think that's a, just uh, an excuse. Um, but you know what? There's still an opportunity to influence people and, and to give the progressive point of view. And I think it should be kept. But that's my opinion. And if you don't feel like for your mental health and you feel stressed about things, then, you know, you should leave if you feel stressed. I mean, you shouldn't be in a situation where you're stressed because of a job. Well, if everyone could leave their jobs because they felt stressed, I think we would have like 98% unemployment. (laughs) So look, I I understand that I'm in a very lucky position to be able to have a job that I actually care about and to do something and be like compensated for something that I would like be doing for free um, on the side if that were my only option. So I don't want to make this about like me and my like personal drama. I, I just think it's an opportunity to influence um, a different perspective because honestly, the comment sections—it's very conservative, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes they need something, somebody to give them a different point of view. They do. 
Well, look, I appreciate that, Jasmine. And I will say that I felt, I was like pleasantly surprised by the comments. I shouldn't say surprised, but like it was, it was a heartening. My, my favorite kind of comment is like, I hate your guts. You're a dumb piece of shit who's obsessed with race. But uh, I respect you for this. <laughs> or I like this take. That's, that's as good as it gets on the hill. So all of these ones today were like, let me see, let me see. Um, at first, yeah, at first I saw, at first, because I was there very early, and at first I saw them saying, oh, um, oh, you're playing something. Okay, let me shut up. Oh, no, you're not, I'm not playing anything. I think that was just somebody oh, okay. clinking yeah, a glass or something. Song. Yeah, yeah. at first mm -hmm. they, I saw the comments, and they were like, oh, um, Brie is um, a hypocrite, and she does, you know, because they were saying you should have quit, which, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, but to me, if you quit, what what's the point? Because you know, you have a, a an opportunity. You still have an opportunity because if if Katie was there, she would. I would tell her not to quit either because she'd still have an opportunity to give to 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 give her perspective. Because there's always an opportunity to influence. Um, because I think social issues are important, and I think economic issues or anti-war issues are important. And if you can have a voice there, that will be the sole voice in the crowd. That says, hold on, look at things this way, you know, I think. Yeah, I mean, Katie, you know, Katie, we talked about this and you, I remember you saying like, you know, it feels like uh, with all the outcomes that you get away with murder and what we really want, what you really want is for them to change their policy. Right. Like right. what you really want is for them to not have banned you, to invite you back and for them to change their policy. Yeah, but barring that, because we know they're not going to invite me back, barring that, like, I will, if if you are, you know, able to bring on a Palestinian guest, that would be huge. But before we knew that that was, like, not an option, like, that was the goal, and that was the focus yeah. of my advocacy for the first two days of right. me not being on the air. Um, right. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote this really short, like, I really put some thought at this, because I wrote them this statement that I thought was, like, minimally acknowledging fault. Like I was trying to be clear right about the fact that they were like probably not going to go for like prostrating on the ground about how they had really yeah. fucked you over. Right. So I wrote this statement that this is the, this is the statement that got rejected. I was like, if you literally just say this, you, it's like a get out of jail free card for you. You were being there, Olivia Pope. I was, I was literally like, I mean, maybe I shouldn't have been. I was like, like, you guys are causing a bunch of mess. Like, here, here's some free comms advice. Yeah. But it was, I said, the Hill is proud to have consistently platformed a diverse range of political views, including those from journalist Katie Halper, who has been a valuable contributor to the Hill's rising for many years. The Hill has no editorial ban on critiques of Israel or any other country, as evidenced by past reporting. And we look forward to continuing that record with Halper and other contributors going forward. We regret any misunderstanding on this issue. Like, yeah. Like, that's barely an apology. Right. Like, all they had to, and to be honest, like, if they really wanted to just phase you out, they could do it more slowly in a way that wasn't so obviously about right. ideological content. Right. And, like, I would be forgotten, forgiven, and I wouldn't have had to, like, say my piece in A Block and all of this stuff that really ratcheted it up. And it's insane to me that they were like, no, we will make no admissions of anything. We will not. And, and by the way, I wrote it so that they would say we don't have bias right. against covering Israel. You know Which what? Maybe it's because they have like people they're beholden to who I mean, want them to have that bias. And isn't that the implication? Isn't that the implication? Yeah. Although, like, course, isn't 
are smart, then they'd be like, guys, just don't say that part out loud. Just pretend you don't have a bias. Right. Yeah, that's how the media is. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's how the media is. The, the media is just biased and it's, and they're blatant with it. And it's just, it's just, that's why it's important to have a few voices in the crowd. You yeah. know, you have a few voices here and there because the media overwhelmingly is propaganda. It's just straight. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm actually, also, no, keep going, it's sorry. like they have, they have an issue that they're pushing and you can't say anything or else you'll get banned and you'll get kicked off things or kicked off kicked off platforms or this sort of thing so if there's a one single the media they're just they're not even hiding it anymore mm-hmm. it's straight, mm-hmm. straight propaganda straight bias one way no there's no voice allowed to say something else nobody invited on any on msnbc or cnn that has a different perspective on something like Israel, you unlike Ukraine, Russia, or anything. So yeah. if there's just one voice, sometimes you need to be that. People need to keep. <laughs> I'm not pressuring you. Don't don't feel pressured. <laughs> no, it's if, okay. I get I get it, Jasmine. It's a mental health issue, you know. <laughs> I'll I'll stop right before I crack up. I promise. <laughs> but thank you for calling in, Jasmine. Yeah, no problem. Keep it. I appreciate your support. Uh, let's go to Gary, who 100% was in the last call at tour at the back, and I wanted to call him because I hadn't seen his face in a while. How you doing, Gary? Hey, Bree, what's going on? I'm doing okay. Where are you calling from? Uh, the International Hi. Space Station? Um, oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Um, I'm, calling hear you. From, I'm calling uh-huh. from a town car on the way home. I okay. Fair, fair yeah. enough. Uh, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, in, with regards to the discussion, um, just wanted to let you know, uh, you should probably stick around because you don't want to give up that paycheck. You know what I mean? It's really, uh, I, I've got to tell you guys, like, it's not, like, I would be honest, like, there have been times when I only had bad faith and patrons were declining and I was, like, freaking out because the student debt moratorium was going to end and, like, all this stuff. But, like, it really isn't, like... Colin changed my life. <laughs> like Colin yeah. gave me this and the extra boost that like it really isn't about that with the hill. Yeah, from a cultural relevance standpoint, that that went out the door when Kim left. I think I think the mm. rising pretty much kind of lost a lot of his cultural relevance because Kim was the mm. only one in there really shaking the room. And so when she walked out, then it just kind of became another show. Mm-hmm. So if you're sticking around just you know to be culturally relevant, I don't think that's gonna be the case i think maybe mm-hmm. then might as well leave but mm-hmm. um if you just if you want to they have a big audience if you want to stick around if you want to maintain that audience and continue to be in front of their faces i feel like it's something that people tune into i, I watch it every day i still i miss yeah. him because i'm you know but yeah you know, it's the I, audience it's but it also is. like things happen and something i've been re- missing and i katie and i've been talking about this as we strategize like shows and moves and stuff i have missed the way that Bad Faith is now, it's like one guest, an episode, one, two topics a week. And so much stuff happens that I feel like I don't have the bandwidth to comment on and produce that I also, even this week, like there were several subjects that happened and I regretted, like I, I missed being, having just an opportunity to talk about it with the co-host. And so th- that is another aspect of the Hill. It takes off some of the pressure off of me to try to like, be uh, make bad faith like a news show and keep bad faith as like on top of current events. Cause I know that 
I have an opportunity to give my take somewhere, even if it doesn't make it to the podcast. Well, personally, what do you think about your rapport with Robbie? Um, like, do you guys think you do you think you play off uh, well against each other? I mean, to be quite honest, I think you could use a different co-host. You know, the only reason <laughs> I, I like you two together is because I ship you two. But well, what other co- did, whatever what other conservative co-hosts do do you think does better than Robbie, or would be a better co-host you know than Robbie? Uh, that's I don't think they have another conservative co-host. That's the problem. Yeah, Robbie's the best Robbie's one there like is. The, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I don't say best, but uh, he's the only one. You know, well, name saying? another one. Well, that makes him the best, my friend. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess that's the unfortunate part about it. Um, I'd rather just you and Batia just kind of do the show together. Well, you guys are both extremely intelligent, extremely articulate. Oh and God, that's, that's, that's all we need. You know, we don't need Robbie over there kind of talking up your space. Katie, you're breaking out a little up a little bit, but Katie says one of my chop liver. Oh yeah, no, I mean Katie's awesome too. I think Katie's great. Um, yeah, I mean the whole point though, and I know that people have their feelings about how Batia, what Batia's politics are actually, but you know she represents herself as on the left, and so that's like not the point, you know. If she, and you know that you that know. doesn't mean anything to me, left, right, center, you know, upside down, like none of that means anything to me. I just want—I want to know what you think. I take you on an issue-to-issue basis. You know that—that's how I judge you. I don't think because left that comes with a whole suite of beliefs that obviously nobody signs up. No one checks all the boxes on any of these terms. So at the end of the day, none of that means anything. Well, except for uh, me, I'm the one true leftist. <laughs> oh, I'm of just kidding. You are. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? You—you you were actually a lot better on the vaccine mandate thing because you didn't believe in the mandate than a lot of other so-called leftists. Who, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, if you thought somebody should lose their job for not getting a, uh, an injection, you're not a leftist. You're, I don't know what you yeah. are, a fascist, I guess. But I, um, I do feel like the left had an opportunity. Go ahead, Katie. I'm just going to say, being left, there's a lot of leftists. He put a Stalinist. So I'm just saying, there are lots of shades of leftism. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I, what I mean, yeah. 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 Well, look, I appreciate you calling in, Gary. I'm sorry that you're getting home so late tonight, but at least you're in a town car, so props to you. God bless. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. Um, let's go to Nusrat. Uh, sorry. Please connect, uh, pronu- ugh, correct my pronunciation. I definitely saw you in the last uh, stream chat. So unmute yourself and let us know what's on your mind. Hello. Hello. How um, are you this evening? I'm good. I'm good. I hope you guys are well. And I'm really excited to talk to Katie. Excellent. <laughs> um, so first of all, uh, congratulations on being Jeremy Corbyn. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Um, I guess one thing that uh, I wanted to talk about that I noticed um, from the last call, just a comment when you guys were talking about like which platforms to stay on. Um, this and that, and how basically everybody, like all the, these big tech corporations are um, evil. Uh, it reminded me of what uh, Yanis Varoufakis was talking to, to Slavoj Žižek last year. Mm-hmm. Um, in, I think it was in Ljubljana, they were talking about techno-feudalism mm-hmm. and how basically... Um, in the, in the chat, people were like, basically, this portion of the conversation is, you know, a sur- you know trying to survive capitalism in 2022, um, when you guys were talking about, like, how to be remunerated and um, how these platforms make money. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so yeah essentially like Varoufakis was saying at this point capitalism has ended and it's been replaced not by socialism but by techno feudalism and so Mm -hmm. we're just beholden to feudal lords and I was just kind of wondering like every time I try to think about for example with Aaron today coming on uh from the gray zone Mm -hmm. um Whenever I try to talk to people about the alternative. Also from Useful Idiots, right? The show I co-host. Yes, of okay. course. And I met Matt Taibbi actually right before Useful Idiots started um, at oh. the airport once. So, oh. yeah, um, here in Toronto. And yeah, in Canada, we're very uh, big on Ukraine. And whenever you want to discuss these things and you try to show other sources, it's it's impossible. So you're left looking like or people see you as a tinfoil hat person and it seems Mm -hmm. like like and that's why I'd like echoing everybody else I'd like you to stay on rising Brie because it just there's less and less sort of polished sources that you can cite Mm -hmm. I feel and I'm kind of at a loss about how to have fruitful conversations when everybody's like what's your what's your source back up back up what you're saying and then you try to cite Max Blumenthaler and Mar- Mate and you get mm-hmm. shafted mm-hmm. so I don't know what's your workaround to that I I strongly I, like I strongly agree it's it's hard even me like coming into the space new like you hear oh don't talk to this person don't talk to that person and it's only like through being in the space knowing that people that you do trust, trust them too, seeing them get platformed on, on spaces that you respect, that you like, that you can get a comfort level. Like even I have experienced feeling like, Oh, well, should I not talk to that person? Cause all these folks that I like from the Bernie land are saying this person's bad. And so like knowing this isn't right or fair, it's like rank credentialism and it's bullshit. Right. But yeah. knowing that Aaron came from, you know, it was on like democracy now, like it, it helps, like it helps to have, somewhere on your record on your resume those kind of platforms and it's like shitty to be really really clear i'm not endorsing this worldview but i'm not going to ignore that that is true i know that i get i get doors open or people willing to listen to me because i was bernie sanders national press secretary and then there's some expectation that i must not be a total loon right and so to the extent that the hill is helping in that like i don't think that that's nothing it might not be everything but i don't think it's nothing yeah, and I think I, whenever I share any of your episodes, I always preface that, that, oh, you know, she used to be Bernie Sanders press secretary, so that people aren't, like, rolling their eyes, like, oh, where did you start to pull this out of? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing I will say that I think Crystal once mentioned, like, with Rising, like, the, the polished look, like, it looks like a set on MSNBC. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... Michael Brooks had mentioned this, that he wanted these leftist channels to see much more uh, like commercial media. Yeah, mm-hmm. commercial media and, and you know, um, all of that. And, you know, he passed away. Um, but I also feel like after he passed away, the left in the U.S. kind of became fragmented. I don't know if you've felt that. I mean, yes. I don't know if it's, you know, fair or accurate to attribute it 
to that, but the timing is approximately, I mean, like he, he passed away a few months after the end of the Bernie campaign. Right. Yeah. And right before July. Right. So the campaign ends in April. Uh, he passes away in at the summer, I think shortly before his birthday and, and I think around July, July 20th, I think. And then force the vote emerges around Thanksgiving. Everyone was home for the holidays, you know, it emerged around the holidays and came to a, a, a point at January 3rd, which is the day the vote should have happened or the, or the non-vote for Pelosi should have happened. So, you know, I think that over the course of the year, obviously in 2020, the left decomposes as the Bernie campaign is no longer the organizing force and force the vote, I think revealed natural fraction, you know, factions that were going to emerge without that organizing force. Now I am not going to be tricked into opining on what, uh, Michael Brooks would have thought of it all because obviously nobody knows. And there are a lot of people who weaponize me putting forward a YouTube comment asking what he would have thought. Not me, a YouTube comment during a live stream asked and I put it to the group and everybody answered. But somehow there are active Reddit threads insisting that I am interested in opining and projecting my own personal beliefs on someone who was actually my friend, which is also raised from the discourse. So I will not be weighing in there, even though everyone else seems to be able and willing to say and what their, in what in their view, Michael would or would not have wanted. But I definitely do think that he was a, an extremely valuable presence on the left. Someone who was warm and compassionate, who had a lot of emotional intelligence, who was funny and who had his foot in a lot of different worlds on the left, which now are so fractured. And it, it's nice to think that he would have been able to broker some peace had he been with us, but we'll never know. Yeah. And um, one thing, Katie, uh, just because um, you've been having, like you talked to Norman Finkelstein um, and Israel Palestine is, is a big issue for you, obviously. <laughs> um, I was wondering just in terms of BDS, if you could talk to someone, cause we talk a lot about how sanctions hurt more than help the people that, you know, the, the U S is sanctioning. So how do we square that with calling for sanctioning Israel? Um, so if you could maybe discuss that with someone, that's that's actually a good idea because I, and people have circled that square and I can't remember, um, honestly. Yeah. I have to, I have to do a show on BDS. Maybe it'll be a debate because there are people who are, yeah, no, I mean, Finkelstein, maybe I, I don't know if people will come on to debate him though, but um, just because he's probably a hilarious debater, but um, yeah, I do want to do a show on that. Also, uh, isn't do you think there's a difference between uh, sanctions imposed by like a nation and like a consumer sanctions? Yeah, because I'm trying to think like sanctions. Obviously, like I I'm like I feel like I'm having a brain fart right now because I know that like the sanctions against well the thing is okay we're not wrecking the economy like we support Israel militarily so like if we had sanctions um we wouldn't be wrecking them so I have to I have to look back into also how it worked with South Africa because of course they did they did a boycott there but that's a good question. And I feel like Ro Khanna brought this up and then someone responded to it. And I'm like too tired to remember what it was. But there was a difference between how sanctions usually work and how they would work in 
is real, which right, sounds so we'll like look, very stupid, we'll, but I will thank you for reminding me of that. Looking forward to that debate on the Cater Helper channel. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Keep the faith. Keep Thanks. the faith, my friend. Uh, Alex, Alex threw a little mini tantrum about how he's been waiting in line for a lot of different call-ins and I haven't seen his face before. So let's all welcome Alex. <laughs> the squeaky wheel gets the grease, Alex. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> how are you doing? Is he giving you the silent treatment? <laughs> Alex, Alex, don't blow, don't blow your shot. After you've been waiting for so long, Alex, bite your no, face. I'm, no, I think this is, he probably just has never been up here before. And sometimes you press the wrong button and you eject yourself. Did you accidentally eat yourself, Alex? Here, I'll bring you back up. <laughs> Let's try it again, Alex. We're all, we're all in this together, Alex. We're yeah. rooting for you. <laughs> the unmute button looks like a little hey, mic. Breathe. There you go. You there you go. Yes. Oh, we did it. Oh. I'm so sorry. Um, I, I tried to unmute myself and two times the app just crashed. I know it's a tale as old as time. We're, we're pushing through it. What's, what's on your mind tonight, Alex? Um, Hey Brie. Um, so I have actually, well, I don't want to waste too much time on the Hill drama. Um, I, uh, it, it just sucks and I completely understand your position and I think, um, you handled it well. Um, I'm actually calling because um, I've listened to the um, call-in on Monday mm -hmm. and the first caller, um, I think Thomas was his name, and mm -hmm. he seemed like a plat. Um, and I <laughs> found does. that um, though I sympathized with a lot of the kind underlying philosophy behind his um, argumentation, I found it was not particularly useful and kind of demeaning to people who do actual organizing and such. Was Thomas and, the guy who wanted us to read Adorno? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, and I thought, um, and I thought what you said was completely right that not everyone will have time to read Adorno. Um, but um, I think also that that just shows the importance of learning from history because people have already faced this kind of gulf between like theory and the general workership. Um, in the past, and the thing they came up came up with was the idea of a vanguard party. And the thing is that without knowing like what that is and what the advantages and disadvantages are, we both risk repeating the same thing, which might end in like the same horrors of Stalinism and such, or we risk um, not um, doing that and kind of losing the theory. And of course, um, you might say that theory is not important, but I think that's not um, that's not exactly um, right either. Because mm -hmm. um, and and that's the thing that I'm actually trying to express. That of course um, it's laudable that people try to do organizing and um, or do organizing and um, like join unions and try to build up unions, and all of that is should absolutely be supported. And I'm glad that, for instance, um, as you mentioned, you switched up the episodes last week. So that people heard about um, like the rail workers um, um, organizing, but um, mm -hmm. without the underlying context of a common socialist party um, that kind of unifies these efforts and tries to to bundle them into something that can transcend capitalism, I think the chance that it will actually transcend capitalism is um, is very. Um, 
um, very slim because they will kind of um, repeat the mistakes that socialists in the past have made um, and kind of fall into this, those same pitfalls that of course are in a large to a large amount caused by like um, capitalists organizing against us but we have to expect that you know because this is just um, this is what they do I mean I mean this is their part of the game basically and we have to we have to be wise against that and try to understand what kind of um, how how we can how we can build up our own workers' power, and to that end and with this prelude, um, I would like to suggest a um, a kind of guest for your podcast, which mm-hmm. is um, C. Derek Varn, who has um, spent a lot of time looking into organizational structures and the history of the left, and who um, like really goes into um, in depth about these topics on his YouTube channel and has um, has done a lot of amazing work. I mean, you may, might have seen him on um, This Is Revolution. He's C. Um, Derek Varn, V-A-R-N? Yes. Okay. V-A-R-N. Um, and um, yeah, um, you can check, out, check him out on This Is Revolution or on his own um, YouTube channel. And you often ask a question like, um, to people, well, you say that we should organize and that we need to, we need workers to organize and all of that. But what does this actually mean? And mm-hmm. a lot of times you just hear like the same phrases. I mean, um, I thought um, that was obvious um, in your um, interviews with um, Chomsky that mm-hmm. um, he kind of um, repeats that, but um, he doesn't really um, go into what that would actually entail. and. Um, Ron is someone who really looked um, at like the kind of problems that um, come with um, workers organizing, particularly in the present and in the current context, and to try to um, find ways in which it can still be done, even with all these um, problems arising. I definitely take that recommendation under advisement for two reasons. One, it sounds like it's exactly in my wheelhouse uh, topic-wise. I love the the notion of that. Uh, two, because I love This Is Revolution podcast and whoever they have on, I'm sure it's going to be great. So I just followed him and put the name in my Slack chat for follow-up. Um, so thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks. Um... Thanks, Alex. I'm glad you were the squeaky wheel. all right um all right keep the faith keep the faith take care my friend all right fantomas uh this emoji one of my favorite emojis this kind of like unimpressed side eye emoji was definitely in the chat and then last call so let's bring them up how are you doing good evening brie uh good evening to you katie as well how's it going this is fantomas who does a lot of clipping Yes, yes. I, I do oh. I do quite a bit. Fabulous. Thank you for your service. Yeah, n- not a problem. I just wanted to mention the fact that um, I do think you can get Katie on the program because she's a master of accents and disguises. <laughs> so she should actually disguise her and change her name to Katia Perhal. And, uh, you, I mean, people can scoff and laugh at this, but sh- you could probably pull it off with a a makeup artist and uh, some fake credentials and you could probably do it within like two months. Yeah, probably. L O L. And and the, and the other thing I wanted to mention was there is a platform for, uh, political progressive live streams and shows called uh, means TV and it is Mm co-op workers owned 
an anti-capitalist. Um, so I would definitely look into something like that because when you when you have a platform like that and they're building a bit, and they've been uh, they have a they have a number of shows. So I would definitely look into means.tv because you got to start the foundation from somewhere. And if people keep going to the capitalist uh, platforms, that's what's going to keep happening. You're gonna keep you know, they keep getting slapped down over and over again, and it's going to keep going like that. So you have to start from somewhere different. That's what I believe. I think there's a strong argument for that. Like, Katie, I remember when Means TV popped off. It, were, it was very exciting. Didn't they also do AOC's first viral? Yeah. Um, that the ad yeah I, we were all very excited about it i remember and it does i mean i mean this in not in the no way a disparaging way but it, it felt like they didn't necessarily become the kind of central unifying left force that we thought they would do do we know why that might have happened or might not have happened um no i don't know what happened um we should look into that part for part of our yeah world domination tour plan yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I mean, they did seem to have some resources, some initial investment, yeah, um, like studio stuff. I mean, I do remember some critique during the Bernie era that it was maybe a little too, um, like, kind of Brooklyn-y hipster guy mm. and not, you know, broadly appealing enough. But I haven't, I can't, like, I'm not vouching for that worldview. I just remember seeing some commentary about that in association with, like, one particular video that had been produced. Huh. Um, but it's worth checking in. Maybe we should. Uh, I'll maybe I'll have some some folks from the program over to talk about it. Because there is, I, I hear you guys often saying like, "What's the plan for the next breaking points? What's this plan for ex- expanding?" There's a lot of excitement about the idea of consoli- consolidation, pooling resources, right. and growth, and I share that excitement. So, yeah. Thank you, Phantomas, for reminding us. You're welcome, and I look forward to the Katia Harpal uh, segment. <laughs> Katie, like, truly, if we have a show, this that should be a recurring bit. Like, you remember how Michael Brooks used to, like, have impressions and, like, yeah. do whole bits? And even, like, Mike, um, Jimmy Dore, had, like, will do those, like, fake phone call bits. Right. Back, like, yeah. we really should do that, but it's, like, you <laughs> constantly trying to get back on my own. Oh, my God. Oh, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Raya, who's very patiently has been idling at the front of the line. How you doing, Raya? Can you unmute yourself? Raya thought, I thought it was never going to be me. <laughs> I didn't say it. I was thinking it. I didn't say it. I didn't chat it. But hi. Hi, Brie. Hi, Katie. How are you both? We're doing well. What's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to say something really quickly. Um, if you look at the queue, how many more women are here tonight? Because both of you are on together. I'm not saying it's causation. Maybe a little bit of correlation. <laughs> But the people want, broadly speaking, we want it. We want it. Please do that show for us. And on a more serious note, I think your um, piece on Rising Today was brilliant. It's so smart. It's so strategic. I can't wait to go listen to the first three hours of the discussion to hear all of the details. But um, just wanted to say, like everybody has been saying, is we will follow you and support you. No matter where you go, whether it's rising, whether it's your own show, whether it's broadly speaking, we are with you and <laughs> the uh, we will we're with all the way. So keep keep uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank yes. you so much. Katie, you have anything to say to that? Oh no, I was just saying they're 
you guys are brie heads. That's a good name for you. Brie heads. <laughs> che- they got to oh, be cheese heads. Yeah, cheese heads, yeah. We'll get some of those Wisconsin. Also useful. Ryan knows our audience, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I've, I've been thinking about? The reason that your thing was so good, Brie, is because in the discourse about, like, platforming and stuff, mm-hmm. it's so often a question of amplifying, platforming, like, um, legitimizing and what's the other thing? Legitimizing and amplifying and uplifting and stuff. And mm-hmm. you kind of basically, you've like, and it's not clear how long and if you'll survive, but you've basically mm-hmm. like been very clear, like this was a mistake. And I don't mean like, oh, because of me. I mean, it, it, the policy is a mistake. And yeah, it's a strategic blunder from on their end, like an optics blunder and also a substantive blunder. Yeah. And so like, you're not doing that thing where you're not co-signing what they did you've lodged your disagreement over it. And you've also kind of admitted that like you're using the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm you, you said this, I wouldn't like mm-hmm. out you like you've been saying yeah. this that like, you know, that it's a corporate show yeah. with the agenda that you only somewhat, you know, sign on to. So yeah. I feel like you're not doing, I think the danger is like when people kind of tolerate things like, yeah, I just, I guess I, I'm realizing that because you're still critical. And I'm actually surprised you're not getting more shit. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't mean that. I, I, I No, I am yeah. too. Like, I, when I tell you that my stomach was nuts, I was randomly DMing people at like 1 a.m. Yeah. Like, are you awake? Are you awake? I called my brother. He didn't get it. We ended up having a fight. Like, I, <laughs> I was frantically just trying to get some more feedback, like collect all the data points I could because I... I, like, I didn't know. Like, I yeah. I really just wanted to do the right thing, and it just honestly wasn't clear to me what that was. It's still not entirely clear to me, to be I honest. I mean, because I think the thing that is challenging is, like, the, the question of solidarity, but mm. not, not to me, to, to like, honestly, to, pal- like, Palestinians, let's say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but I honestly think that you've condemned, you've, like, you're still working there, obviously, but you've made it clear that you're working there to try to get out progressive messages and including Mm -hmm. messages about Israel. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's like the, the only way that you can do it without throwing people under the bus, because if you were silent about it, or if you had a more kind of like, let's agree to disagree, but you really are disagreeing and you're committing to highlight this issue. Um, and we can like brainstorm about different ways you can do that. Um, and yeah, I did get a couple, that. I got a couple more Israel as an apartheid states in over the course of the rest of the recording today. Yeah, <laughs> It kept coming up. There was a, there was a segment about, um, uh, I guess it was Nord Stream stuff. And we were talking, it was, uh, and we we're talking about OPEC and price controls and, no, no, that's not what it was. We were talking about Russia. We were talking about Russia and Ukraine and the Elon Musk plan to have uh, like an election to determine the fate of the eastern regions or whatever. And we were talking, we had a broader conversation about how cl- so many of the, the border issues in the world are because we're living with the legacy of colonialism and, you know, these, you know, ethnic ethnicities and cultures and, and peoples weren't able to choose their own borders. And he was naming places where this was the case. He was like, Africa. I was like, mm-hmm. And Israel. <laughs> Right. Wow. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I looked at him and he looked at me. <laughs> and he had 
had you at uh, Israeli apartheid. <laughs> so yeah, there's you know there's definitely opportunities, and I I'm very happy to have uh, Katie in my corner to help um, get me in fighting shape about this particular subject. But you're not like white. The thing is, you're not whitewashing. There's going to be people who are who are going to say you staying there is anti solidarity. But I actually think that honestly, if you are going to highlight this issue, you've there. You know, you're not you're not running cover for them. Yeah, I mean, I I was honestly kind of shocked that they preferred me to say what I said in a block than to like issue the statement that I drafted for them. Like I. I right. I honestly thought when I submitted my statement for A Block that it was gonna get rejected, and once it got accepted, I was like, "Oh shit, maybe I should have made it longer and said more." Right. <laughs> like, I, I truly was I truly was shocked, and then yeah. once they accepted it, that's when I went into a spiral because I was like, "Oh, well, right. maybe right. well if they let me say this, then maybe that I'm just a patsy." Yeah, like <laughs> definitionally, know? right? Definitionally, yeah. if they let me say it, that means yeah, which it's is not strong I mean, enough, right? So I don't know, man. That's why we're, but the thing is they did say like, I mean, it sucks that one even has to be told this, but they were like, Bob was pretty clear. Like your platform is your own business. Say what you want on your own platform. So I felt like saying, Hey, this is how I feel, but also there's more coming tonight. Come over you here and listen to us. You should actually really test this and like start praising Hamas and see how that works out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Katie, like, like, you reneged. You reneged, Bob. <laughs> Can you just imagine oh. the Daily Caller headline? <laughs> Hill, Hill, left-wing Hill host pledges support for Hamas. I mean, I, I already feel like I, we used to joke in my family that we would hear the um, the phone click because of all the places that we've lived with all of right. the terrorist activity of where we've lived. And every place I've ever lived, the embassy has been bombed. It's like a whole right. thing. It's fine. It wasn't me. I'm not, it wasn't me. Yeah. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> Harlan but I was in Kenya bomb. for the to, 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 oh uh, the ninety eight bombing and moved yeah. to New York six months to a day before nine eleven. It's wow. a tragic, horrible coincidence that I cannot. I mean, it was obviously it wasn't about me, but I'm just always yeah. seems to be where the trouble is. All right, Raya, thank you for calling in. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. And I'm going to go to Chris Brown because I feel like he was also idling in the last one, and I feel like I didn't call on him. But now that I'm saying Chris Brown out loud, like maybe I did call on him. Or maybe Chris? it's a familiarity oh. of that name because Chris Brown is famous. Hello, yeah. Katie. Yes, Katie. Yes, Katie. I'm yes. sure Chris Brown. You see how good I am at pop culture? Expect <laughs> <laughs> more hot takes like this from uh, from, broadly <laughs> from broadly speaking. Well, how are you doing? Have... Not that Chris Brown. Okay, yeah, I'm doing good. And honestly, uh, Bree, you're not that great at pop culture either. Or... <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. Is this about the little baby situation? Um, no, not necessarily. Actually, is it? Yeah, it is. No, no, no. Who, who was the? There was oh another my. rapper that you guys were just disgusted with oh me for not knowing. God. Yeah, it was, uh, and I'm pretty sure Chicago Red brought it up. It was. It wasn't the. Uh, yeah. It wasn't that. It, but it was. It was another person, and you just did not know. And I'm like, you I gotta listen know. to some hip hop, right? I. Here's 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 what <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, here's what happened. My parents were of an age in the 80s where they should have been listening to early hip hop. Like they should have been on the vanguard because they were they were in their 20s the whole of the 80s, right? Uh-huh. But the thing the thing was that they had small children and I got to uh-huh. say just didn't care for it. 
I don't know that. I think my father probably would have matured into. He's he liked to listen to pop music and, and like what the kids were listening to. But my mother was never about that life. The last the last contemporary situation my mother was on board with was like the Breathe Again Tony Braxton album. And boy oh boy does she play the <laughs> shit out of that bad boy. Yeah. Okay, so I was from an R and B house. I was okay, not from right, a hip hop house. That's okay. Okay, I can. I, now you have you have a lot. You have a little bit more credibility. Right? And then I was living overseas, though it just wasn't the hip hop. Hip hop wasn't as emphasized. And then Don't I came back, that. and it was two thousand and one, and it was oh, a so very segregated. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but music was very segregated in two thousand and one. It wasn't like now where sure. everything's basically hip hop slash EDM slash whatever. Agree, agree, and, agree. And so you were either like listening to some forty one, or it was like full on. <laughs> it was like full on, and I was I was not into like it was like it was a very confusing world for me. Is all I'm saying. So I bought my little Nora Jones album and like just went to college. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Well, teach his own. That's what I'll say. Teach. <laughs> um, but what's on I... your mind, Chris Brown? Um, I actually wanted to talk because I wondered, did you see that clip of Cori Bush in her book? I did. What what is so it? Much, did so, you play uh, or can you uh, describe it's basically it? it's her Rashida Tlaib and Ayanna Presley <laughs> sitting on, at a table. Okay. Oh, you got it? You got you got that technical proficiency? No, um, I got YouTube. Hold on, give me one second. Wait, wait, I, got... I can do it. if you're just gonna play it out loud. I can do it too. Corey okay, you... Bush. Yeah, it probably. Be... Yeah, I'll just, I'm gonna find it on Twitter because that's the clip we want. And everybody, yeah. Bush book. Uh, and I guess my question is is just when you get to the clip and everything is why are why is the squad or just the progressive why are they just so bad at just optics? Yeah. Okay, so I'm just <laughs> describing it. It is the three of them sitting at a table in what looks like like a little modern, cute restaurant, uh, very excitedly opening the books. Here's the here's the audio. And, and we're talking about Corey, Ayana, uh, and um, Rashida. Who was it? Rashida, Rashida Tlaib. Okay. okay, all right. Here we go. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Y'all ready? Yeah. Okay, y'all open it with me. Okay. She gonna cry. Yeah. <laughs> go it's like mm -hmm. you can't read a room to see that like the world is like going to shit we're on the brink of nuclear war mm -hmm. inflation 
nothing like that. But hey, let me give you let me you know, let me uh, interrupt your day to let you know about my book about mm-hmm. my me in Congress and everything like that. So it was just like, why are just like you just couldn't read a room? And of course, they lit her ass up in them comments. They, they did. Uh, the they top did. comment from socialist uh, Nick, <coughs> obviously from social uh, Revolutionary Blackout Network, socialist MMA on Twitter. Uh, his tweet has almost as many as the original. What the fuck are you writing a book for? You didn't accomplish shit yet. He follows up. This is why we're so screwed. These progressives yeah. view being elected as a victory. No MF. That's when the real battle begins. The next tweet is that gift from the family guy where the whole family is vomiting in the living room. You get the gist. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And it kind of um, just thinking about because um, I don't know if also this is uh, a little side uh, uh, something different though, but uh, did you see the interview with Crystal Ball and Vanguard? Oh no, I saw that it had happened, but I haven't actually had a chance to watch it yet. Oh, okay, okay, all right. So you won't know too much. You have to see it yourself. Um, I know, like this is like maybe like one of the few times I think I disagree with uh, Crystal Ball, and it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty much the same conversation I think you had with uh, RBN about like electoral. Mm-hmm everything and you know they were very on the idea of like electoralism but it's like when they argue for it all they are all they are talking about is incrementalism it's like well you know this is you know well you know this is really bad and you know this guy sucks and everything like that but look what we have gotten and then when they talk about what they got it's like it's like oh okay so it's like um you know without the left we wouldn't have gotten the uh loan debt but that looks like that's up in the air and that was nothing more than a farce. So it's like, how can you constantly credit electoralism when like it's an only thing that you can really point to is just like things that are being incrementally changed or in- incrementally different. And it's like, it just, and it just seemed like it was like, you guys sound like the shit libs that just like, you know, say vote blue, no matter who, or, you know, or, or that sad Obama speech where it was like, you know, hey, we didn't get everybody health care, but we got some people health care. And it's like, yeah, but there are millions of people are struggling, right? Well, where do you, what do you, how do you feel about this, Katie? Because we've been, you know, we've been in the mix of this and, you know, accused of being too sympathetic <laughs> to one way or the other. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I think I've made my sympathies, my, my yeah. ultimate conclusions pretty clear here. But do you think that they're like, let's put in the context of this clip since we played it and discussed it. Like, are we being too hard on the squad members? Writing a book is hard. I understand when to have a celebratory <laughs> moment. Is the problem just optics or is there something more substantive here? I mean, I honestly, I'm going to get like, everyone's going to leave the call-in or just like, <laughs> but I honestly think that Sometimes the critiques of the squad, I understand where they come from, but they could be more focused on substance than on mm-hmm. like celebrating a book. But mm-hmm. only okay. because, and here's why it's a big reason, because mm-hmm. I actually think that creates like a counter. I think people get protective of them because yeah. you, they just hear people like, like lighting them, like dragging them. Um, and and they don't really it's like you're not doing anything you're not getting shit done but it it just seems a little bit like without receipts kind of like show what they should have voted for that they didn't vote for or what they voted for mm-hmm. the wrong way and i'm not because mm-hmm. i'm not saying they are doing enough i'm just saying when it's so mean spirited and i don't i'm not like tone policing i'm just saying i think for it to be effective i think sometimes it's like when when it's really harsh we're like do, almost doing them favors 
Yeah, I both think that this video was cringe, but me personally, I probably wouldn't like retweet it or say anything about it. You know what I mean? So I just had mm-hmm. my ice cream. Are you what eating? Flavor? I'll just say, are you eating? What flavor? Um, I bought these dairy-free plant-based birthday cake bites. They're like little frozen little droplets of ice cream with chocolate covers. Mm. Cup covered called Dream Pops. I'm a real hmm. Go Puff gal, I gotta say. I love me some Go Puff. Go okay, Puff. Gonna, it's, a, it's a DC. It's a DC app that will like it brings you things that would basically be sold in a drugstore, like in a CVS, <laughs> and it goes okay. all night. I, I've been I've been ranting and raving, singing the praises of Go Puff, not realizing that it's clearly intended to be a Munchies app. Oh, yeah, you Go Puff. Oh my god. Like, I, I, I didn't realize that. And we all know that I'm the squarest girl on the planet. So yeah. I've never smoked. But I stay, I was, I was, I'd be talking to Bernie, like, Bernie, you got to get on GoPuff. Fully not realizing the implications of what I'm saying. <laughs> well, now since Biden um, did his little uh, thing with, um, as far as like uh, with uh, marijuana, um, maybe you, that you might want to go and, no. Oh, what what if I pledge if if Biden actually legalizes marijuana, I will. You smoke. have to do it. You have to do it, and you have to do it on calling. That's the nudge that he needs. So that's we can all watch as you like slowly, slowly start to become high, and it's going to be the funniest thing ever. That's I think we should do it. We should do it. But you know what? Like going back to that whole thing about the squad stuff. Yeah. I just feel like. I don't know what to say. Like, it's almost a given that we need to push them. So, like, the question is really how. And I I also think that I know this gets is seen as corny, but it's always going to be a combination of, like, inside and outside. Yeah. Oh, so, sorry. My bad. No, no, Uh, yeah. Please. Like, this is, you know. Because, like. Even though, like, um, I know RBN and a lot of the RBN crew, and, you know, they're completely anti, like, electoralism. And then what I was saying more so, like, with Crystal is, it's not that I necessarily agree that we need to kill or, or you know, that we, it, it just should be this, we shouldn't really invest into electoralism. I think it is more so an inside and outside game. I guess the thing is, it just seems like they're not learning any lessons, but also it's, they're not, they're not really, like, they're not really having us help them or try to figure out what ways can we can kind of help in a way. Cause like, obviously we all saw the clip of, you know, um, AOC crying as she casted a ballot for something and with, you know, Nancy Pelosi. And it's like, there's a lot of internal stuff going on. So like, oh maybe, ironically. Huh? ironically enough, I think it was the iron dome. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, we know you stand on what your principles are though, but then when it comes down to voting, you don't have the backbone so then it's kind of like sometimes as i guess maybe like progressives or people who believe them on the outside it's like well what do we need to do like do we need to be more louder uh right. mm-hmm. do we need to start really coming at you know nancy pelosi do, right. do we need to like effectively do something and it's like they don't say nothing so then it just feels like okay so you guys are just here and you're not you know there's no direction and I, and obviously um, we if you've been on Breeze Collins, you I think this has kind of been like the huge thing is the the idea that there's really just no direction as far as the squad. So the outsiders or the people who really like believed in them or voted for them and everything, it's kind of like, well, w- what is going on? So then when they have these kind of clips, like the, well, clips where you know I am singing "I Am Every Woman" or or um like with um like with um Rashid Talib and things like that, it's like. 
why can't you just give us like maybe the arrow? Why can't you? Well, obviously we know why, because they're clearly in a compromised position where they're getting attacked all over. We right. Did yeah. in- right. And, and that's, that's like that dance. That's, I think it's complicated. You know, I, I heard, I also have a little bit of a sympathy for like, um, not sauce, but like Cory Bush seems now, of course, people sell out. That's what often happens, right? They mm-hmm. like come from really good places and they know struggle. Cause I was going to say like Cory Bush has had a very, she's like lived a, a, a life of a lot of struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, good on her for writing a book. But at the same time, I, you know, she's a politician. We want her to represent the people. So yeah, we wouldn't have an issue with the book writing if people felt like they had been doing other things that right. that is really what it is. And yeah. I, I, I take your point, Katie, that I do think, and this is what I was trying to get to with the RBN guys when we had that little bit of a test up last week is that I'm truly not even disagreeing with you. I just want to make sure that you're making the best version of your argument. And I don't think that necessarily, even if I completely sympathize with why this clip is frustrating, like, and I would never tone police anybody against criticizing it or saying whatever they want to say about it. I, I do think that there are, that, that there's a cost benefit in terms of who you're going to be able to reach and who you have credibility with. If you're seen making an attack on them, that somebody's going to think is unfair. Right. Yeah. Like, cause if you are not really tuned in to all of the things that we in the media circles that we're in know that they could have done and didn't do, we know about all of their bad votes. We know that they have been silent on any number of issues over the past two years. So for us, we understand that anger, but for most people, they just see us looking like haters. Like how right. could you think negatively about yeah. something as benign as a, a woman who struggled writing a book with her right. friends in a, in a who already gets so much hate from right. the, yeah yeah you know it's also interesting because i uh one of the perks of getting fired um i did a um rashida sleep fundraiser and Mm -hmm. as i said before she's so funny she's really really funny great oh yeah but yeah really 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 hilarious but she was talking about all this stuff that she does and i realized like not bragging just talking about what she does for this constituency that one Mm -hmm. like and how, you know, she gets, like, so much media is about what she does for Israel-Palestine, but that she does a lot of other stuff. And mm. the, the media coverage on it, it can sometimes lend itself almost to the idea that she doesn't care about her constituents in, you know, in her district. Um, mm-hmm. And she was just talking about, and I realized, like, there's so many things that, that people do, and I'm not saying this to, like, that we should be cut, you know, endlessly forgiving but like a lot of stuff that that people do members of congress do will be in their areas yeah Mm -hmm. and that does have a concrete impact on people's lives yeah i I said this about aoc and i'm really not trying to apologize for her at all but i'm trying to understand their psychology and i have heard her make statements to the effect of like we're doing so much you know she does aoc does those videos that are like everything i did this quarter or this semester or whatever in like one minute and she was, you know, so proud of getting the the death, the the funerals paid for for COVID victims and all this stuff. And you know, there's people who say like, "What do I care about a funeral being paid for? People are dying. You should be doing more to get Medicare for all and all of that." Like, and I totally get that. But I really do think their psychology is that, like, you rather in the, the her G, GQ interview, I'm under threat. Everyone's trying to kill me all the time. I'm out here mm-hmm. slaving away. My salary isn't even that high in the grand scheme of professional earner class. You know what I mean? Like. And then me, and here comes the left. I, I, I know, put it in the context. I'm not saying it's not that high. I understand that it's like three times the national average, but like, like 
from from the perspective of you know people are cashing like Pelosi on these kind of jobs, right? So right. from their perspective, they're like, I'm working so hard, I'm not even getting, I'm not getting paid enough for this bullshit, basically. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and how dare you begrudge me this book? So I'm not like I don't think that they're right. And I've I've said this to certain politicians that I may be friends with that you cannot have that attitude. If you want to lead people, you can't be mad at someone on the internet who calls you a name or doesn't know everything that you've done or who judges you. You got to rise above. I'm sorry it sucks, but your job is to never start thinking like, how dare someone critique me? Don't you know who I am? Sounding like that white lady, the, the mayor's wife from The Color Purple. Like, you don't want to be sounding like, I've always been good to you people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And can so, I say? Yeah, go uh, ahead. I was going to say one more thing. Um, As far as like that goes, they got to start thinking about that as far as like they don't like being critiqued, uh, critiqued, especially critiqued from the left, though. But we saw what happened with I think it was Rashida Tlaib and OPEC. Like she almost lost because of all the money that not OPEC, excuse me. Um, Is it APAC? APAC. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. OPEC, APAC. Yeah, yeah. We saw the money that they flooded into her race and she almost lost. Do AOC and them not think that that's not going to happen to them? And maybe that's why they're so quiet and on things like that, mm. because they're worried about potentially getting primary. But if you alienate your left base and or or what could be potentially your comms on your left base. So it is the breaking points, the um, um, uh, bad faith podcast, um, uh, Katie, what you do. And then like these left outlets that could actually amplify their messages and stuff like that and get that stuff out. How do you think you're going to fare? Because AOC, obviously, she's the main target of the whole squad and everything like that. And I believe she's up. Uh, not uh, she's not twenty. She's believe, when is our when is her primary? It's I'm pretty sure it's 2024, right? Or Did around she that. Just win one last year. I don't know. I don't know. She won. She came into office in 2018. Yeah. Sorry, you caught me in the middle of a bite again. <laughs> she came into <laughs> office in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's on the she's on the 18. 18- uh, 2024 cycle yeah so it's like you know can are you going to be able to fight against that because you know the democrats want you out and they're going to they're going apac is coming for you that's just what it is they want the squad gone and they want them out so it's like you can't also alienate uh the other side of your base that voted for you just because you don't like the criticism that they let me against you yes all they have is us i wish they would understand that we're trying to help them but not exactly. if they're gonna ignore us and stab us in the back and not actually do the things that we want them to do yeah yeah all right well that's all thank- i have to say. thank thank you for calling in chris we appreciate no you. problem now bye, we're coming- bye, bye 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 we're coming up on two hours my phone is like you know, my phone is always almost dead. If I get cut off, you'll know what happened. I have, I can't plug it in without plugging it out of my device. I have it resting on like a charger pad, but the charger pad doesn't keep up with the energy that drains. So I'm just letting you know that we're rounding the final corner here. Yeah. We're rounding, we're rounding home the corner. Stretch, home stretch, as they call it, yeah. Home stretch. Thank you, Katie. Always helpful with the sports analogies. So, go to sports finger, woman. I am, yeah, my finger's on the pulse. Okay. <laughs> Of this of this tennis court called life. <laughs> Let's get Miss Mary in here. Um, again, we appreciate a little gender diversity. Well, How thank you. Doing? Hi, thank you. How are y'all doing? Good. Yeah. As well as can be expected. <laughs> Good. Well, um, thanks for taking my call. I, um, funnily enough, I was uh, in line for the first call in with the YouTube um, oh, show. And I actually had to drop off of that one because 
for um, my socialist alternative branch, I'm, I'm the paper organizer. So I had a paper organizing committee meeting. So funnily enough, like I was having a, a different media conversation. We'll allow it. And you're, you're reminding me that the reason I never go to socialist alternative meetings anymore is because they're on Thursdays and I have this calling, which is a problem that I should work on. Yes. Yes, totally. You should totally go to those meetings. I know. They're um, always, th they're Thursdays. <laughs> they're Thursdays. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. But go ahead. Okay. Me. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to make a comment about um, just like leftist media in general and like how really difficult it can be to, on our end of things, just like find good sources that um, just, you know, kind of share the values and are reliable and um, not necessarily just like doing like the infighting stuff either. Um, so yeah, like, cause like I try to, I try to like, I try to like follow different news sources and like, I wish there was just like one, I wish we had like an equivalent of like an MSNBC. Mm -hmm. And every time, like, I kind of feel like I find, I find one, like it just, I don't know, like something happens and I try not to be like too precious about it. Um, and go like, okay, like people disagree. It's okay. But like there, you know, too many times there's always seems to be like something that I'm like, okay, like, I can't get past this. And I tried, like, with Rising, for example. And, like, um, this was not your Rising. This was, like, Ryan Grime Rising, like, from a while Grim. ago. Grim. I can't with tell. Her. I can't tell which can't is the even. worst. The more depressed. The more <laughs> Grim or Grime. <laughs> oh, and, man, you guys. Um... <laughs> Ryan. I, like, yeah, which is better? I don't even know. Um, but, like, he had Charles Booker on, who is, like, mm -hmm. the current kind of darling of progressive politics in Kentucky. And, um, you know, look, he's running against Rand Paul. I totally understand. No one likes Rand Paul. We would all love to see Rand Paul out. But when he, he was interviewing him, he asked him a question about um, a couple of summers ago, the Medicare March for All. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the organizers here in Louisville. And we invited Booker to come. Mm. He agreed and then dropped out like around the same time all the squad members were like dropping out in their mm -hmm. districts and there was like controversy. So Ryan asked him about that. Oh, and, good on Ryan. Well, <laughs> Booker responded with, oh, well, my wife's about to have a baby. And so we're not traveling. It's like mm -hmm. traveling. You mm -hmm. weren't going to travel. This is in your city. So like mm -hmm. Booker, I think, really took advantage of the fact that people were assuming he was asking about the D.C. march. Mm -hmm. And it was like, no. And so like there was no pushback on that. There was no follow up on that. Mm -hmm. So it was like, well, now I, I'm not really like feeling this guy, you know. So it's mm -hmm. like all those different little things. And it just feels like such a struggle to like. And I think I've gotten pretty good at curating kind of my my sources that I feel really good about, like trusting, mm -hmm. um, you know, the woman that made the comment earlier is like, 
you have debates with someone and they're like, well, who'd you hear that from? And, you know, well, who said that? And I've mm-hmm. kind of gotten to a point now where I'm like, listen, if you don't agree with me, you can do your own homework. Like I'm not doing people's <laughs> homework for them anymore. <laughs> you don't, you think I'm not telling the truth. Like you go figure it out. Um, but I guess like all that to say is like, I respect your decision to stay um, with rising. Like I get it and I understand it, but please don't take bad faith away. Oh no. It's, it's what's funny is <laughs> there have been times like I have been stretched in with the three things and I have sometimes felt like in terms of like effort per dollar, <laughs> bad faith yeah. is the hardest, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And Colin is the easiest. I mean, I, I mean, I make Colin harder than it needs to be because I stay on here for a million hours, but that's cause I want to, you know, but like truly like bare minimum, what the requirement is per dollar, like Colin's the easiest, bad faith, the hardest, but this experience with the Hill has actually woken me up and reminded me how important it is to have the ability to walk away. And Colin is not a forever situation. Who knows if they want me to do this again in the next six months. And obviously the hill is not permanent either. And it's made me really like kind of have a wake up call about how I need to not, not like slip, slip on bad faith and not, not to forget, forget to put the effort into bad faith. That's necessary both because it it allows me to have the escape route. It allows me to be able to walk away when I want to. And also because it's something that is truly independent where my voice will never be crushed. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think like there's a lot of people and I agree with them supporting you on this decision, but I'm like, I'm not hearing enough people say she needs to keep doing bad faith. And <laughs> I think like bad, bad faith is so, so very important, um, to the discord. Um, and so I just really, I don't want you to take it away. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, Miss Mary. I really do. Thank you for saying that. All right. Thanks, ladies. And best of luck to you, Katie. Um, I, I mean, you're you're a fucking rock star and um, they're they're done for they're done for losing you. It's it's totally their loss. And um, you you rock and just Thanks. keep doing that. Feel free to subscribe to my YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Yes, ma'am. I, I think I do. I think I do. I'm bad at YouTube. I need to be better at YouTube. That's my commitment. (laughs) Bree, if you keep bad faith going, I will be better at subscribing on YouTube. Okay. (laughs) Well, we appreciate that, Mary. I really do. And here's to everyone who would censor Katie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mary, take care. Keep the faith. You too. Good night. One, maybe two more in here. Neoliberal tears. I'm calling on you just because you've been so active in all of the chats. I've seen you today. I want to like, I want to reward your energy, even though I know that I've called on you recently. Guess where he's from? Where? Israel. Not to ruin the punchline. Right, right, right. Of course. I wanted to to hit that. um, The humor (laughs) just right. Um, oh my God, I love both of you so much and I'm usually very, very shy. Uh, Jonathan knows this. So, um, I just, but I felt like I had to call because it's been such an active, such an emotional week for me, just, uh, you know, with, you know, loving Katie Mm -hmm. so much and, you know, also understanding the strategic value of staying on rising, which I've been (laughs) trying to make a case for, because I think it's what you've both been doing on rising is so important and it has impact that I think are going to reverberate for years, to be honest. And 
you know um and that's why i think i'm so grateful to to you brie for for um you know for staying um for you know and and use and using the platform to, uh, strategically to reach people because i think it it does and you know and i I've, I've, I know so many people who share um, both of your clips and, you know, the way w I've been talking to Jonathan, my, my, my co-host about this, um, mm -hmm. about persuasion and what ends up convincing people, because I was having this issue with my sister where we disagree on Israel-Palestine. We were both from Tel Aviv. She still lives there. Um, and there have been a couple of times where even she did the thing with me with, with like, well, you don't live here anymore. So blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. like, okay. But 17 years, like that counts for, mm -hmm. um, so, and so when I think about persuasion and what, and what moves people, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it happens over time. I definitely see it in the rising audience. Um, I think watching a counterpoint to Robbie has been really open. My op opening eye opening to people um but um yeah uh, wh what do you guys think what do you think katie yeah i mean we've talked about this brie it's like there's a i think that i see uh what do i think what do i think yeah i think brie you're a very effective messenger and i think it's interesting what you're saying before about concessions i do think it's true that sometimes the left makes concessions but i actually think like when we're having debates but i actually think it makes us more effective because mm -hmm. it makes the other side look like rigid and mm -hmm. um um intransigent i think mm -hmm. is the word you said before mm -hmm. um I'm not, yeah, I'm still, you know, even before this happened, I've always been like, okay, this is a way to get your voice out there into the mainstream. Um, I don't know how far, like, um, cross-ideological discussion, I think there's a time, like, there's definitely a place for it. And I think, like, if you can focus on being anti-war, then that's really helpful. But, you know, eventually, excuse me, um... I think it's also good to be able to have an explicitly, I mean, and I do think it's, it's disarming. I, I, my sense is that like, and I don't know if this is true, but I feel like if, when you have a bipartisan show, cross-partisan show, I kind of feel like, and I, I'm curious if there have been any studies on this, but I kind of feel like the left wins hmm. because I think. I, our, I always <laughs> felt that way about the Crystal and Sagar iteration of it. I yeah. know that people used to criticize rising in the first days, you know, when they were still there, then they would say that Crystal was like enabling fascism or that, you know, she was, she, you know, the audience would be pulled to the right. And I always thought that was a kind of incredible claim, like absolutely no offense to Sagarot. Obviously I'm biased because I share Crystal's politics and not his, right. but I thought that even if someone came for Sagar, like quite obviously Crystal was so compelling that like she was right. clearly winning hearts and minds. Yeah. And I will say the audience, the audience at Rising was used to be different. I mean, I don't, I don't follow the Breaking Points audience as closely, so I can't really speak to what it, what's going on over there. But like when they were at Rising, I felt like it was very obvious that the most of the comments were with Crystal. Yeah. Unlike now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh well. um, and, and I think that so I don't think that a bipartisan show uh, favors the right. I think it's contingent somewhat on the host. I think that Robbie has been on the show so much longer than any of the other hosts at this point that he, you know, has a certain amount of um, 
trust with the audience and that's completely fair. But I also do feel like I'm making inroads. And I do think that the fact of sitting next to Robbie and being, you know, playful and affectionate and being able to laugh at Game of Thrones and like kind of treat each other as people really is constructive. Yeah. Especially because I don't think that like Robbie is like, you know, a fascist. I mean, there are people who I would say don't humanize them. I don't think that Robbie is one of those people. And so I, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's so much to be said for tone. I know it sucks, but like tone and being able to say something with a smile and being able to v- figure out which, which comments to let pass and which ones to hop on. So it doesn't seem like you're arguing every little tiny point and being overly pedantic, picking your battles. Right. There's so much that goes into it, and I'm not pretending like I have the mixture right, but I feel like every day when I go into Rising, I think, like, what's working? What's not working? What should I change? I do read the comments. I'm sorry. Like, I do, and sometimes it ruins my effing day. But I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, what was it about this radar that landed with people? And, oh, like, the last one I did, the last one I did, people really liked it. Like, it didn't do big numbers, but the comments are uniformly positive. And I was like, great, okay, so what, what, what should I learn from this? And apparently they were mad because at the end of it, um, it, I said something about like, I was like, focus on class. They're trying to divide us up. Everyone loves that. And at the end, I said something like, so next time someone tries to get you to talk, to care more about what's happening in some like uh, trans girl's bathroom in Nova why am I going to Nova Scotia? Me in these provinces in Nevada or whatever, you know, ask yourself whether or not that I'm not asking you to care or not care. I'm just saying like prioritize and make sure that you're voting and acting politically on the things that most are germane to your life. And some people were mad that I had even brought up some of those culture issues. And I thought to myself, well, maybe I won't do that next time. Maybe we'll see if I can have a cleaner message. Or maybe it, it was fine. And then it's 98% good, and like, that's fine. But it's a, it's a learning experience. And it, it has as much to do, I think, about tone and like being like showing that you are willing to listen and come to the table as anything that you're saying substantively. You know, Brie, um, I think that's I think that's right. And I I, I remember this. Um, there was this interview you did on Rising. This is going to blow some people's minds, maybe. But um, it was right after, I think, um, the Bernie campaign winded down and you were having an interview with Crystal and Sagar. And I was trying to find the, the link um, on YouTube so I could post it in the chat. But basically, they were asking you about what was next for you. And you said that you saw your I just I I look up to that moment because it was so it was so beautiful to hear. But it was you were saying how you saw yourself as doing comms for the left, mm. and you know just um, I guess now with watching you hosting, I've just it it, it just feels so right. Um, and and you know there has been unfortunately after Ryan took over, um, there has been some defection of left left wing viewers, and then you you know you and Katie were able to bring them back um and and and, and including us in that discourse um mm. and and i also really uh wanted to say to some there were there was there were some callers who were may, maybe saying like you know oh why didn't she speak out against kim but i remember explicitly um the day it happened you you talked about it on colin and how you didn't feel like it was handled well i felt like yeah it's I mean, I didn't talk about it on the show. You stay, true to the, you, you, you stay true to your principles. You're just, you know, yeah. Yeah, I just, I guess I didn't talk about it on Rising, and I, you know, maybe that wasn't the right. I, I, I completely am open to the, the criticism that I should have, and that 
that Robbie should have also, especially since they had a longer term relationship. Um, I'm completely open to being criticized for that. But yeah, totally on Colin and on, you know, I think on some, maybe even on Bad Faith, it has been, it has been brought up. And I was, frankly, I was glad to have Kim on. In fact, that I had her on Bad Faith around the time that she left uh, Rising. I think it was just before. I think we recorded it and then she left and then it put, like, it was like all on top of each other. And I remember being happy that, like, that had happened in part because I didn't want it to seem like she was alienated from us just because she was alienated from the show. Whatever you think of the politics of that episode, I know it was a, it was a hot, it was a hot one. Oh, it was good. I mean, Bad Faith isn't is always so good, and it's <laughs> always topical. It's really, I mean, it's such a gift. Um, you, you, you both are such a gift to the left, and I just really have to thank you so much. And um, what was your, what made you and, change? Oh, I know you were, but I'm, if you could give like a one minute summary of how your politics changed. Oh my God, the bike is being turned on me, my lord. <laughs> okay, um, I would love to actually. Um, Katie, I think you, you might find this kind of funny. I, um, I, uh, so I, I, so I grew up in Tel Aviv, and then um, I got a scholarship to go into an international school um, in the UK. And I was um, seventeen, and it was like a, it was an IB school with like people from all over the world. Oh, I mean, and 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 uh, yay! <laughs> oh, Bria, I was gonna like ask you once what, like what, 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 what are higher school? levels and standard be inter- were, but, like, international baccalaureate i did oh, i yeah, did yeah. four hires because one of mine was art and i felt like it didn't count oh my god of course you did <laughs> Jesus bio english uh history and art i think <gasps> but what an, but what a, oh what, what, did you do math studies or math standard level i'm sorry did i do what i i had to plug in my phone because i thought it was just about to um die Oh sure. Um, I feel like are, are we doing identity politics with IB? Um, it was what, what was? Did you do math studies or standard level? Um, whatever the lowest or, level you can do and still be IB, I studies. did that. <laughs> Amazing. Same here. Same. Um, but uh, yeah, I think um, living with people from Palestine. Um, in the same dorm. I mean, there were only like 300 of us, like on this rural campus in Wales in the middle of nowhere. Uh, wow. So, um, and, you know, it wasn't overnight. Um, you know, the, I, I went to high school and it was the fall of 08. So it was right before the Gaza thing happened. Hmm. And they kind of wanted us to like have a debate and like, you know, the Israeli students, which were two of us and the Palestinian students and sort of, talk about it at the time and honestly changing your mind is kind of a painful thing mm-hmm. um and it's you know because you're coming to realize something you believed in was a lie mm-hmm. um and in israel um they really build national identity around paranoia and like yeah. f- being fear that like you're gonna get attacked any day now and it's gonna be someone with a hijab like you know it's re- it's a racist society that they've created it's nationalist um and, um, and but, 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 you know, but people come out of those systems, right? Like racism in America. And I'm trying to figure out how to, how to communicate that to people. Like my sister thinks that Chomsky is a terrorist, you know, she's also oh, a social wow. worker who works at the hospital. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it's like. And she thinks it's a self-loathing Jew. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, it's almost like sometimes I can hear the talking points coming out of her, but it's like, 
I don't think she realizes she's doing them. So um, anyway, I'm not, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not trying to make it about me. I'm, no, I'm just, I don't know where I would be without, without your analyses. I really don't because um, you're speaking to something that's really personal to a lot of people. Um, we've all had people in our lives that maybe we try to change their minds or maybe we changed our minds on something. I mean, our, our bestie Jonathan used to work, for, like used to do APAC <laughs> canvassing. And now he's, you know, just like me, a Cadian breeze stand. So I think that gives me hope. Um, you know, people aren't this like left, right divide that, you know, the mainstream, I, oh my God, I'm going to sound like a breaking points commercial, but like, the, you know, that mainstream media trying to tear us down. But like, there's something to yeah. that tagline that's where it's like, there is a, it's a lie that we all wake up in the morning and think, I'm a right winger. Yeah. I'm a, um, and I just love you both so much. And I'm, I'm, I'm just so happy that we're going to get more Brie radars. <laughs> and I'm so excited <laughs> to see what they're going to be about. I mean, because here's the thing about Rising that I'll say, um, you know, Kim, um, Kim actually said that like, the reason why she joined the show is because her dad was such a fan. Like he found it on YouTube once and he's like an old progressive hippie with like, um, you know, and he loved it. Um, so she emailed the people and she said, he's still going to continue to watch mm. it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, um, but like the thing about rising is like, it's, it's, it is like Pramila went on rising mm -hmm. once. I mean, that's how <laughs> known that channel mm -hmm. is. She's not going to go back on as long as Brie is there. And that level of fear that that instills in her, like blocking her that access, it just gives me some sense of justice. I don't know if that's right, but um, is this accountability? Is that what that looks like? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it is interesting. Look, I really appreciate you calling in neoliberal tears. And it you remind me, I want to, I just really want to make sure as we close out, I'm going to sing Katie's praises a little bit because... Changing your politics is hard. I was one of those people that kind of got um, red-pilled by 2016 and supporting Bernie at that time. I considered myself to be a progressive but didn't have the language like leftist or anything like that. I came from a, a progressive family where my mom didn't vote for a Democrat until Barack Obama. She otherwise voted Green. And it, 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 at that time... I remember I listened to a lot of podcasts. I was listening to all the BuzzFeed podcasts, another round, like all of that stuff. And I, you know, call, call your mother or call your girlfriend or whatever. And I, I couldn't st stomach them anymore. And I started looking for alternatives because their politics were so crap. And the first show that I found was Rania Kalik's show. I don't remember how I found it. But while listening to Rania no. Kalik, I discovered Katie Halper. And Katie Halper's show um with greg pachenko is that his, am i making that up uh, gabe, gabe, gabe pacheco, gabe pacheco yeah. was like my jam and i was like fanning out to katie halper on a daily basis and i don't know how we came to finally like actually connect michael brooks i started writing michael brooks started having me on i started to meet people on the left katie you interviewed me for that youtube show like right when i was leaving the law firm and then we were off to the races yeah and yeah. I continue to think it's just like such an honor and a gift to be able to have the person who I think is like truly one of the best interlocutors on the left in my life personally. Um, and I just want to, again, just say it's disgusting what has happened to you on the Hill. I am so deeply disappointed in the short-sightedness of the institution. I am 
overwhelmed by the gall with which they've behaved and their certainty that there's not going to be any consequences. The reality that, frankly, there aren't really going to be any consequences. Uh, I have a plan. I didn't mention this. I'm so sorry. I'll just be so quick. Um, I I do plan on becoming a next star producer, uh, executive oh. producer, um, and eventually rehire Katie or Katya. I mean, there's <laughs> going to be distribution. Uh, but dude, this is my villain origin story. And if that's what it has to be, it has to be. All right. Well, on that note, Katie, do you have any last words? No, uh, just subscribe to my YouTube channel since I'm not on Rising anymore, obviously. That's youtube.com slash the Katie Halper Show. And stand by. I'll be doing a lot more episodes on this issue. And about also with people who have been fired or canceled for this issue. Yeah, look, there are 400. Somehow there's still 450 of you in this chat after all these hours at 11 p.m. So if all, all of you aren't going over to the Katie Halper channel and supporting her, and at very least subscribing to the YouTube and hitting the notification bell. And if you can subscribe into our Patreon, then I don't even know. I don't even know what this is. I don't even know what this yeah. is. Yeah. Um, my mom would not Hello? call me right now. My mom is calling me and I had to next her. Oh, that's fun. But here we go. A very apropos song. <laughs> Where you lead, I will follow Katie. We're going to get this broad city happening, or broadly speaking, happening. Thank you guys all for listening. I will see you on Monday for a real banger of an episode. It's a COVID redux episode. You're going to love it. You're going to hate it. Keep the faith. I will follow anywhere that you tell me to. If you need, you need me to be. Just one day.